It's time now for a special sports presentation on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. Well, welcome into Glasgow Field here in Monmouth, Illinois for Monmouth College Fighting Scots Baseball here on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. I'm Sean Temple alongside Michael Blazing. I think I, I, need, I didn't do enough research, but I think the last Fighting Scots game we might have had on the air was your and I's baseball game for the conference tournament maybe a couple springs ago. Oh, I think so. Uh, it was a little chillier that day. Yes, it was. Uh, if I remember right, uh, we got a beautiful day for baseball today, though. Good to be here, Sean. How are you? Yeah, we had no football. We had no basketball. So I think I think baseball might have been the last uh, Scott's broadcast we had. And we, yeah, and that's been, uh, what, three years ago now, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, okay, then we have now. I was thinking it was two springs ago, but maybe it was three springs ago. So we've had plenty of those. So. <laughs> I don't know. Disregard I can't remember. Might have, might have just been two years ago. Feels like forever though since I've uh, since I've been doing a, a baseball game though. So feels good to be out here. It does. It's a beautiful day for baseball here at Glasgow Field, one of the more beautiful ballparks in, in West Central Illinois. I just love this place. Uh, uh, did you get a chance to play here during your playing days? Never. It wasn't even a uh, thought process when I graduated in '96. We didn't open it until uh, what six years later. Um, so yeah, we um, actually played most of our home games over at Galesburg High School. Okay. Uh, wow. So yeah, I played. I think it was five home games on the what now is the softball diamond on campus uh, used to be the baseball field uh, but it, there was a sewer uh, uh, line that ran through right field and through the heart of the infield and over to our student center uh, for about three and a half of my four years. So we played over Galesburg High School, which wasn't ideal, but, you know, like anything else, you make the best of it. Well, you sure had a lot of success, and this Scots baseball program has had a lot of success here recently since uh, head coach Alan Baterni has taken over. Uh, what was it? Uh, how long ago was it, uh, Baterni? Uh, this is his uh, sixth year, I think, right? Sixth year. Yeah, sixth season for for. Coach Petroni, already 105 wins in the program. Yeah, he's really done well, and he, you know, he was a great ball player when he was here. Uh, I had the pleasure of actually helping recruit him. Oh, nice. Uh, I was in admission at the time, and so got to know him, got to know his parents a little bit, uh, and then followed his career here, and uh, just really glad to have him back uh, at the helm now, and you know, he talks a lot about uh, Coach Sander and Coach Glasgow. Uh, you know, he played for Coach Sander and was uh, at Coach Glasgow's AD when he was a student here, so, uh, you know, really learned a lot from them, and of course learned a lot from uh, when it, after he left Monmouth uh, until the time he came back. Uh, Scots were coming off a South Division title in 2019, had extremely high hopes, and this is something we'll talk about as the broadcast goes along. And, and actually, I talk about it with Coach Paterni during the pregame interview. Um, just high hopes going into last season, of course, wiped out after, after 10 games due to COVID issues, just a bad deal all around, big high hopes, but carried them right into this this year with a lot of guys that return for their fifth year. Yeah, right, and and I think, you know, and I, I think you'll, Alan will allude to it in his interview, but guys are really close, uh, just uh, like a, a close-knit family. Uh, a lot of guys just, even if they're not a, a main cog in the in the program, you know, they want to be a part of it. Uh, I think that there's, uh, that goes a long ways. Uh, not every school has that, uh, has that atmosphere atmosphere and has that you know kind of close-knit community uh, but Alan's done a really good job and and I you know also credit coach Nelson uh, Ron Nelson the assistant uh, who's also a Monmouth graduate you know just to really uh, keeping those guys together and uh, really those that now they're lifelong friends yeah Nelly's in his 15th year already yeah it's yeah. amazing. He's, he's only 29. He's uh, he's been yeah he's been around a while and uh, you know he's just great to talk to uh, and, and whether it's about baseball or life or you know it just um, 
he's been really good for the program, I think, and, uh, and just a, a guy that another set of eyes on a program and a guy that Allen can turn to uh, just in terms of whether it's historical information or just baseball stuff, you know, baseball knowledge. It's, uh, it's a lifetime of knowledge that Nelly's got. Uh, Scott's 14-9 overall. 12 and 7 in the South Division here in the Midwest Conference. Uh, we we could set the scenarios, but it would take a slide rule to get through all the scenarios. The basic is they need to win at least two out of the four week uh, four games against the Knox College Prairie Fire. Two today here at Monmouth, and they'll have two more on Saturday in Galesburg. Need to win at least two, and then they'll play for the South Division title in a makeup game on Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know it's a uh, simple version. It, yeah, it, it, you hate to see it come down to this uh, because I'm sure Allen and the team feels like they shouldn't be in this situation, but. It is what it is, and, and so you take care of business today. You don't get too far ahead of yourself. You know, you got a great day for baseball, great weather, perfect conditions. Uh, you go out and, and take care of business. Uh, but, you know, I've experienced it as a player and, of course, over the years uh, as a spectator. You just you never know, even though you look at Knox's record and they've really struggled this year. You throw that out on days like this because it just it's Knox Monmouth, and whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball, you take nothing for granted. You hear Coach Braun every year, he's got a, what, 21-year winning streak against them, but you never take anything for granted, whether they're really good or really bad. Uh, you just don't take that the series for granted, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that Coach Paterni uh, drilled that into his guys, you know, leading up to today. Knocks it 3-25 and 25 overall. You, you already alluded to it, uh, not having a good year uh, in Galesburg for the, for the Prairie Fire. 3-25 and 25 overall and just one and seventeen in the comp or in the uh, division, excuse me. But I would almost rather play anybody else, even <laughs> with that one and seventeen. I'd almost rather play anybody else this weekend. Right? Yeah, because you know, and, and Coach Isaacson's been around a long time. He was actually the coach at Illinois College when I was playing here at Monmouth. Um, and and you just you know, when you have nothing to lose, uh, you try new things. You see what maybe works, or you try and throw uh, you know the opposition off a little bit. Um, I would expect a little bit of anything and everything uh, from the Prairie Fire today. And, and maybe maybe that won't happen if, if the Scots do what they're what they're supposed to do. Then they may not have many opportunities to do that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, it just you never know with this uh, with this rivalry. Well, I got a chance to talk to head coach Alan Maturney with along with the College Fighting Scots. We'll come back with that interview in 30 seconds here on AM 1330 FM 94.1 WRM Scots Baseball on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. Welcome back to the Kellogg Printing pregame show. Kellogg Printing has been on the square in Monmouth since 1924. Kellogg Printing is a full-service commercial printer serving local and nationwide clients. It's time for the Monmouth Farm and Home Realty pregame coaches interview. Joining me here, I've got Monmouth College Fighting Scott, baseball head coach, Mr. Alan Viterni. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Big weekend of baseball. Uh, it's, it's always big when it's Knox anyway, but... Uh, there's there's some scenarios that we probably shouldn't even try to get into here on the pregame show as far as uh, how this uh, division might shake out by the end of the weekend. All you need to know is you just need to go out and play winning baseball, right? That's correct. Yeah, we have to go out there and and do what we've been doing, and uh, you know a little bit more if we can. So and just uh, just play our game and take care of business and and hopefully and hopefully we can win four and um, you know and then get some help from Grinnell. It's your it's your sixth season with the baseball program, kind of the sixth season. We we had a count last year, right? Uh, tons of success already, over a hundred wins with the program. I mean, just doing fantastic work with an already successful program. A couple South Division titles, a conference title, uh, having a lot of good success here early on. Yeah, it's been uh, you know it's been a lot of fun uh, for sure when you're having success, but uh, you know, and and that's something that. 
you know, we wanted to kind of, we, we definitely wanted to bring back uh, when I got here and, you know, and, and we thought it would take a little longer, but um, and I think it's just the credit to, to the guys that we brought in. Um, you know, they, they care so much about the, about the school and about the program and, and they buy in, they, they, they accept their roles and you know it's we always talk about it's a cliche we're a big family but it's it's really the truth uh, yeah. uh and and i think you can tell that with the brand of baseball we've been playing the last few years um i mean they're just playing for each other they're going out and they're having fun and um we have changed as coaches to you know kind of find out you know what kind of gets these guys going and um you know it's it's really the last three four years has, has been a, a lot of fun for us uh, 105 wins, if my numbers are correct, to the program. Just 265 behind a guy you played for, the all-time leader, uh, 370 with Roger Sander. Uh, you played for Roger, um, just and now you know taking over the program from him. How cool is that? It's awesome. I mean, there's there's really no words to describe it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where where you're just speechless. Uh, you know, very fortunate to be, you know, um, right behind him and, you know, to be here and, and, and every, everything that I've learned in the past as a player and, and, and after through the coaching ranks from uh, many great coaches and, and, you know, one including Coach Sander, it's, it's been awesome to kind of, you know, be right there. And it's just, it's, you know, hopefully I can, you know, carry the success that he and TG has had, you know, you know, for many more years. And, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain, you know, just talking about it. I, I kind of ramble on cause I really don't know what to say because <laughs> it's just so cool to me. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, that's everything you, you want as an alumni and, and, you know, as your first head coaching job, you know, at your alma mater and, um, you know, to do what we've been doing. It's just, I mean, again, it's, you know, I guess the best way to put it, it's really cool. Still, still always around. Uh, how cool is it to kind of bounce things off of him if you have to? It's, it's great. I mean, um, I'm, I'm a sponge. I love hearing the older guys mm-hmm. talk baseball. Uh, that's why I love to have Nelly on staff with me sure, and, uh, sure. you know, to get him talking and we can get him going for a long time. <laughs> One of the know? great storytellers. And, oh, it, it, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just, you know, I could hear the, you know, many stories over and over again with, you know, between him and coach Sander and even, and even coach Haynes. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just being a sponge and, and kind of trying to take something out of our conversations. If I if I can take one little thing, I, you know, I think that's that's a big su- uh, success for myself. Uh, before we talk about this season, and I don't want to linger too long on it. Just the disappointment of, of last spring. You got started coming off a second straight conference uh, tournament berth. Uh, just just kind of the disappointment of it had tons of talent back. Uh, just kind of the disappointment of last spring. Yeah, I mean it was really rough to handle. Um, you know, we had a we had a great group of older guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a great great leadership. Um, you know, and we had a good crop of freshmen. Uh, most of them were local, and, and we were we were really excited to get them some experience because they were definitely going to get the experience last year to really help them go into their sophomore year. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we had Connor Sharp that was that was pitching lights out. Sure. I mean, that guy was going to have a career year, maybe one of the best years in Monmouth College, and and that cut that got cut short for him. Uh, and multiple guys, you know, Josh Fox was having some major improvements. Campbell Cork was having improvements, and I mean, we could go down the list. And um, but we're very fortunate to have you know uh, Mike and Arturo and Seamus and Jake come back for their for their you know fifth year technically, and um, you know so they so they can finish right. And uh, but yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where you know all programs went through it. We we're you know one positive way it was we were fortunate to have ten games. Um, you know, we kind of had a mini 
senior day that last game as soon as we were finding yeah. every, everything out as that game was 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 progressing and um and got to have kind of a mini senior day for those guys and and they all played and and you know, we won so that was great and uh so yeah i mean it was disappointment really more you know definitely for the seniors but i i really felt bad for the freshmen because they didn't really get a whole year they didn't know what college baseball was mm-hmm. really like and um so those guys that are sophomores now are you know, started the year technically as rookies still, um, you know, and, and they've done a great job this year of, of kind of, you know, they've had some ups and downs this year, but that's kind of what we wanted them to go through last year, but we're we're kind of going through it this year. You, and we'll, we'll transition into this year, and you've already mentioned some guys that's come back. That was a nice segue into um, the talent you've got coming back, and not only with talent on the field, but you've got leadership coming back, and just kudos to those those guys coming back for a fifth year coming to do that they've got to be really focused and and they didn't come back to just come back to play right um they came back to win yes. i mean that's yes. that's always that's our always our number one priority but you know i i think winning was one but and then these guys um they wanted to spend one more year with these guys and with this team you know and 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 that's something that you know we have a couple guys that are talking about coming back next year just because of the guys that they're around and and the talent that we have so um i mean it's just very thankful for those four guys that wanted to come back. Uh, you know, I, I just kind of it, it speaks volume to what they want to do and how they want to end their career, and and they want to go out winning and not go out just playing ten games. And uh, and they're playing for those guys, those seniors that graduated last year, and and those seniors that graduated last year are, are at most of our games this year. And um, you know, we're playing for those guys still, um, so they can kind of still go out on top because they did leave their mark on these younger guys and on this team this year so um you know they're they they should be out there with us right now and uh, but yeah i mean it's uh it's one of those things where you, you know you got to put a twist of positivity with it and um you know and, and it's been working out so far i love uh the way you uh get some of the best local talent around here i was putting together the roster this morning and highlighting all the local players there's a tons of kids that are highlighted on the roster and not only just on the roster they're contributing as well absolutely yeah i mean that's that's our plan when we start the recruiting we try to identify the you know the best local guys that that we can get and you know no, no matter what if they're d1 d2 d3 or, or juco i mean we try to get the best local talent here um you know and and we've had a lot of success the last couple of years uh you know it's helped that we've had some alumni in the mercer county area and everything yeah, so and, yeah. and the rockridge area and, and and that was a really good group of guys there and and we got most of those guys and we're in those guys are have been helping us out tremendously and um you know of course and and you know here in monmouth with addy and nick um those are two guys that i've been watching for four or five years since i got sure. here uh and we're really excited to have the have, have those guys here and, and they're and they're doing great and uh so yeah i mean that's what we're trying to do every single year and and the fact that they can come in and contribute is you know is great and um you know they just want to work hard and they want to win and, and they're very coachable that's what we like one of those guys you mentioned, Addison Fletcher, is going to be on the mound for you. He's had a, just a super great year uh, so far this year. Uh, just kind of talk about Addie a little bit. Yeah, Addie's one of those guys where, um, you know, we, I've, I've watched him for a long time uh, with his high school career, and, and, and there's some things that he really need, needed to improve on. And, and we, weren't too, we weren't too sure how he was going to be his freshman year. And then he had that one start and did great and, and saw flashes of like, okay, this is, this is something that could be really, really special uh, as long as he keeps working. And, and that's something that he just kind of 
um, got penciled in as the number one guy this year because uh, you know we had AJ go go down for a little bit and um, and it was kind of a free for all on the rotation and uh, and Addy stepped up and um, I mean he's really grown up um, from last year to this year um, he's he's really mature and um, and he wants to learn um, you know and and we always tell him you know if he wants to get better just keep working hard and and that's if I always have to criticize him <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with 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 something and 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 you know, I told him just give me a little bit more effort in anything that you do and I think he really takes that to heart and um, and you know he, he and I had talked about a month ago and I kind of called called him out on something and, and he goes what did you mean and and that's a guy that wants to get better and sure. wants to prove himself and and so and he took that and ran with it and um and I think it's really showed and he's he's been really good and then when he's not great he gives us a chance and that's what we want him to do and um he's 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 a sophomore but he's he's acting like a veteran guy and, and that's something that you want in your rotation what's well, kind of his repertoire what are you going to see today what makes him what's going to make him successful today I think get, uh, getting ahead of hitters is is really huge, um, you know, and mixing it up. Uh, he and Seamus um, do a great job uh, on on getting on the same page and having a plan. Um, you know, we've had the scouting reports. You know, we're looking through those during practices and everything, and developing a plan going into the game day. Um, and then once that has has that, if he can get ahead and work in, um, get in a very good rhythm, um, then he will be very, very good and, and give us a chance to win. So um, anytime that he gets in the seventh or eighth, that's a really, that's really good. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. uh, but yeah, so he, he, if, if he can do that, then we should have success today. Well, it's a uh, big weekend standings wise and it's Knox. Nothing more needs said. That's right. That's right. Anything <laughs> could happen. Right. And it, it, it has through the years. Believe me, I've seen some crazy things happen between Monmouth and Knox when it, when it matters to both really. Absolutely, it, it you know throw the records out the, out the door. Being a rivalry, I mean, I've seen it as a player and as a coach. Now it's just you know, and we and we tell the guys now that it doesn't matter matter you know if one team's forty and zero or zero and forty. It's uh, you know it's it's going to be a good game no matter what. Absolutely, coach. Good luck. I love speaking with you. Keep this thing rolling. We can play Monday in a, in a play uh, play IC to go to the tournament next week. I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. That's head coach Alan Baterni with the Monmouth College Fighting Scott Baseball Program on our pregame coaches interview sponsored by Monmouth Farm and Home Realty. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Getting ready for the first pitch here. So the Scots will uh, be on defense here at Glasgow Field. Addison Fletcher on the mound for the Scots. First pitch. Right down the middle, strike one. What's Big. Fletcher's stats? What do we got? What do we got on Fletcher, Mr. Blazing? Well, let me give me a second so the wind doesn't blow him away. The wind's <laughs> blowing out, by the way. He's just a hair. Uh, probably won't make too much of a difference today, uh, but uh, so let's see. Where is? Uh, oh, that's fielding. I'm sorry. There's there's pitching. What'd you give me there, Shaw? Uh, you should have us another uh, another. Oh, another maybe she's down here. Go. Let me. I'll get there to that in a minute. Ooh, there we go. Strike three called after a called strike, a swinging strike, and then a called third strike. Oh, you gotta love spring sports. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, no. Not really what you want your leadoff hitter to do is not uh, not even take the bat really off his shoulder. And, and nothing fancy there from Addy. Just uh, looked like to me, from my angle, just three straight fastballs. Shortstop Evan Laws goes down on the strikes. That brings up second baseman for the Knox College Prairie Fire, Christopher McTee. Ball one to McTee. Addy, as uh, you alluded to, I think, in the interview, 4-0, and having a really good year. Seven appearances, seven games started for the Scots. Really has become their number one uh, thrower for 4.1 uh, ERA. Low ball two, missing down low with the first two pitches to McTee. 
After a strikeout, McTeague trying to get things started here for head coach Jamie Isaacs. It's like you and you talked about in the pregame show. Jamie's been around. Coach Isaacs has been around for a while. Yeah, he has. And uh, been with uh, the Prairie Fire here for quite a few years. I think he was only at Knox for maybe... Uh, it was less than 10 years. I'm thinking maybe like six or seven. It was through my four years for sure, I think. But uh, after that, uh, left there and came came back home. 3-0 count. Now strike, maybe about a letter high. That might have been a 3-0 strike right there. <laughs> That'll get me over a strike, yeah. 3-1 now to McD. After getting uh, Laws out on strikes, uh, called third strike. Now he's fell behind. And strike two, right back in the count, 3-2. Yeah, just uh, 19 walks on the year uh, for Addy, 34 strikeouts. So he's, you know, not going to be uh, eye-popping numbers, but he stays around a plate, and he's just, a, as you remember from his high school days, just a competitor. Ooh, misses low, just below the knees. So a six-pitch walk to Christopher McTeague. You have our first base run of the game. That'll bring up first baseman uh, number 21, Matthew Shover. At bat, first baseman number 21, Matthew Shover. Shover, Shover on the air hitting 300 has uh, started and appeared in uh, every game for the Prairie Fire this year. Runner on first, one away. Fletcher out of the stretch here for the first time. First pitch on the way, Ooh. a little slow curveball right by Shover. Swung right through it. Yeah, he did, and uh, I was gonna get to, he's a, he's a big kid. You list him at 6'2", 215 from Barry, Illinois, down there by Quincy. Went to Western High School. Yeah, that's down around your part. Isn't yeah, it? it is. That's what we call God's country down there. That's a <laughs> fouled away Shover. So now Addy, after getting the first batter on three strikes and then walking the batter number two, now he's ahead 0-2 on, on Shover. A little mix today from Addison. Yeah, Shover a junior. Coming into the game, he's, uh, where's he at? Also, yeah, hitting an even 300, four home runs, 21 RBIs. This is down low in the dirt in front of the Scots catcher and good alert baser. That's a good read by McTeague to get down to second on the wild pitch. Showed some wheels there, too. He didn't get too far away from Murphy. That was just no. a good read. Yep. And and honestly, with, with his speed, Seamus didn't have a chance there at uh, trying to get him a second. Now runner in scoring position with one away. One-two count on Shover. Outfield playing straight away. Pitch on the way, ground ball, right between short and third. It's gonna to get to the outfield. We'll see if they send him, they're sending him. Here's the throw. If it's on time, they got him. Oh, Just that a bit. little, little, not, not a really hard throw from the left fielder. And one hop, this run will score. And it, and it, and it the ball kind of stuck in the infield grass there. Just kind of took a, popped up, and uh, if that maybe skids a little bit, uh, I think they might have a, have a shot at him. Yeah, I thought when uh, when when uh, um, uh, Jordan Ball picked up the picked up the throw, he was just rounding third. Matigue was just rounding third. I think a good good hard throw on the plate would have had him by a couple steps. Yeah. That puts a runner on first one up, and Knox draws first blood here in this rivalry game. Swung through and fouled off the catcher for strike one. Another big uh, big guy, 6'3", 260 from Rova is uh, Charlie Gibbons. I, uh, in my in my summer Legion days, I've seen, I've faced, our teams have faced Charlie many times. Good, good hitter. Okay. Good pop. Hitting in the cleanup spot. De designated hitter for the Prairie Fire. Hitting uh, 339 on the year, so certainly somebody Addy's got to be careful with. Good block by Seamus on another one in the dirt. That keeps Shover at first. It 
is uh, one and one now to Gibbons. One, one nothing Knox as they draw first blood here in the top of the first inning. It's a doubleheader at Glasgow Field today. We'll have game one here on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. Then I'll be heading over to Sunny Lane Field for high school baseball later this afternoon. We'll keep you updated during that game on how things are going here. Swung on a miss by Gibbons. That gets uh, Fletcher ahead one and two now. Just kind of blew the hard, uh, the, the high fastball right by him. Yeah, and, and again, Addy's not going to, uh, you know, have eye-popping numbers, but gets it up there probably. I'd guess maybe 83-ish when he when he's really when he's really good. Ooh, there's a good pitch too. Just cute off the end of the bat does Gibbons as it rolls into the first base dugout of the Knox College Prairie Fire. A lot of pitches here so far through four batters for Addy. Six four three double play would uh, would be nice. I'm gonna Certainly guess that Gibbons, count, yeah, <laughs> and Gibbons probably doesn't get down the line too well at 260. So a good chance maybe to get a double play here. Runner not going inside. Gibbons thought it hit him, or at least was looking at the umpire to see if he was maybe gonna get a call there. <laughs> Close. He had, yeah, he had on to pull the, the hands. Had on to pull the initial, hands. I thought he got him. Kind of might have grazed him a little bit. Well, you would think now that he went uh, a little high and tight that he's going to go down and away with this 2-2 pitch. Count even at 2-2 with one away. Runner at first, one nothing knocks. Shover's RBI single. Brings home McTeet with the first run of the ball game. Pitch on the way. There it is. All the way again. Gibbons just hanging. Yeah, good call. <laughs> down and away, and then Gibbons went down and just got a piece to stay alive. At first base is Shover. I'm not uh, take a look at Shover's stats to see what uh, see if he's frisky on the base pass. Uh, he's uh, let's see, what's he got? Just one out of two. And this is inside. So now his count is full on Gibbons. On uh, both sides, speaking of stolen bases, neither team really runs a lot. You know, on on the year, uh, Knox is 30 out of 39. Uh, the Scots got to be about, they're 17 to 20, so not <laughs> yeah, a lot of have a lot, yeah. not a lot of uh, running being done. Knox has played a few more games, but still, as it popped up, it's going to get out of play behind our broadcast location here, behind the Vicaroy's Furniture broadcast booth. This is an eight-pitch at bat for Gibbons. Yeah, Addy got to got to kind of dig down here a little bit, at least get him to put it in play, give the, our defense a, a chance to uh, to make a play. The runner wasn't in, wasn't going. I thought maybe he might get him in motion with a 3-2 count and one away. Still not going. Pitch fouled away again by Gibbons. I'm going to the boxes there. It's the ninth pitch of the at-bat to Gibbons. Count is full with one away. And still, Knox not having McTeague in motion. Yeah, and on the year, Gibbons 11 walks, 13 strikeouts. It doesn't strike out a ton. A little bit of both. Big pitch on the way. Tenth pitch of the at-bat from Fletcher. Popped him up. That's going to stay on the infield. Third baseman coming in to make the play and makes it. That's a big out for uh, Fletcher as uh, Komater came in and made the play for second out. Pretty good at-bat. That'll extend your uh, that'll extend your pitch count here in the first. Yeah, exactly. And I guess, you know, I haven't done it. Uh, we, don't, we don't do a ton of college baseball. I'm always thinking about pitch counts. There is no pitch count at the college level. So. <laughs> no, there isn't. But, you know, at the same time, you know that, the, I mean, our, our guys are obviously keeping track sure, of it. Sure, so. sure, 
Now two away, bringing up is Benjamin Rogina, catcher for the Prairie Fire. Runner on first, two away. Fletcher's first pitch on the way. Well, curveball gets a good part of the plate there for strike one. Rogina, 297 on the year. Still not, uh, not a huge lead, but not a really small one either. Pretty good lead over there for. Yeah, but doesn't seem to really want to be running. No. And uh, Rogina is a, well, I, I was going to say, uh, just before he swung there and missed, he's a swinger. Uh, just four walks and 23 strikeouts, so he's going up there hacking. Get your hacks, baby. <laughs> he's he's going he's to get his hacks in. <laughs> o2, we'll see if uh, Fletcher can induce a swing and miss here. O2, two away. And there he does. Is. Okay, all right. Popped out of the catcher's glove. He makes the tag. Thought maybe he might have got a, just a small piece of that, but strikeout will end the inning. As Rogina goes down on strikes in the inning for the Knox College Prairie Fire. One run on one hit. There were no errors and a runner left on base. As we head to the bottom of the first inning, it's the Prairie Fire 1, the Scots 0. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Back here at Glasgow Field as we head to the bottom of the first inning, we'll give your uh, batting order for the Monmouth College Fighting Scots. You didn't get a chance to get the Prairie Fire batting order with the uh, little early start time out here at Glasgow Field. Leading off for the Scots will be second baseman Matt Timoner. Batting second will be center fielder Logan Comotter. Batting third, first baseman Mike Dado. Batting fourth in the cleanup spot, Sean Davis, the third baseman, Justin Bost. In right field will bat fifth. Batting sixth, your shortstop, Nate Melvin. Designated hitter Jake Brewer will hit in the seventh spot, followed by Seamus Murphy, the catcher in eighth, and Jordan Ball, the uh, left fielder in ninth. On the mound for the Knox College Prairie Fire, Jacob Ripple. What do we got on Ripple? Well, you know, Sean, he's not having a great year, um, unfortunately for him. 0-5, 16.35 ERA, uh, and uh, nine, nine appearances, five games started. Uh, 23 and two-thirds innings pitched, 16 walks, 17 strikeouts. Um, yeah, just uh, it looks like just from your stats that you gave me there. Um, yeah, just not having a great year, and uh, we'll see how the Scots fare today. Um, we don't have stats from the, when they played previously to see if he pitched against the Scots or not, but uh, if this is not the first time that the Scots have seen him, you would think they would uh, get some pretty good swings today. Ripple, a junior out of Decatur, Illinois, out of Meridian High School, 6-1-170. Looks, uh, well, it looks like a, looks like a short 6-1 from here. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> maybe there's just a lot of tall guys out there. But that's a stretched 6-1. Yeah. From my vantage uh, point. Right. <laughs> I think I'm 6-1 if, uh, if he is. You're almost probably 5'10", if that's the case. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I say it all the time. I was 5'7 in my high school uh, basketball roster, and I've never been 5'7 a day in my life. So you know how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leading off for the Scott second baseman, Matt Timoner. Timoner, a senior from Gurney, Illinois, went to Warren High School and uh, has really set the table for the Scots all four years he's been here. He's going to be in the record books for a while. A lot of, I'll tell you, there was a, there was a lot of records broken. I wish I would have wrote down some of the records that were broke this year for the Scots. Taking first pitch for a strike. Of course, I suppose you're going to have that with some fifth-year guys, but they only got 10, 10 games in right. this year, so it's kind of four and just a little part of that fifth year. Ripple ahead of Timoner, 0-1. Swung on, little punch over the second baseman's head. It's going to fall in front of the right fielder for the first hit of the ball game for the Scots. 
little punch out there yep. for the second baseman's hit. Yeah, Matt having a little bit of a down year, if, if you ask him, hitting 287, uh, which is probably a little bit below his uh, career average. But uh, again, sets the table for the Scots uh, as a team leading 101 at-bats. And uh, I think he leads in hits. If he's not, he's maybe close. I'll bring up Logan Kumater, center fielder for the Scots. Again, we talked about not a whole lot of running going on. Bunt right back to the pitcher. Only play at first, and he makes the play. Ripple throws out Komater at first base. Nice sacrifice there for the Scots. Yep, yeah, and that, you know, you don't probably see that too much anymore, actually, you know, station to station baseball like that. But, you know, you got a guy in the second hole is left-handed. I mean, that's just ideal and puts a perfect bunt out there. No chance for uh, the Prairie Fire to get Timoner at second. Brings up first base from Mike Dato. This guy has had a career with the red and white. <laughs> yeah, he has. He's hitting 270 this year, um, 74 plate appearances, four home runs, 18 RBIs. Runner on second now with one away. First pitch is, ooh, just caught the knees on the outside corner. A little sweeping. Breaking something off speed, maybe. Yeah, yeah almost looked it. like maybe a changeup or something. Didn't yeah. look good, really. Uh, like his fastball necessarily, but uh, yeah, caught the bottom of the bottom of the zone. Ripple takes a look at the runner at second, dancing off the bag is Timoner. Pitch up the middle, center field, turning, turning, over, oh, his, over head. his head. That's going to roll all the way to the wall. That will score Timoner with a tying run. We'll see where Dato ends up. He'll wind up at second with another double for Dato. What good piece of hitting there! Just took that kind of outside pitch and really laced that, right? I mean, I think that, you know, they say it all the time, the one that's kind of right at you, you never really know uh, if you're coming in or going back, and by the time you figure it out, it's over your head. I used to get so, I was always an infielder growing up, and I used to get so mad at the outfielders that would miss stuff like that until I got a little older <laughs> and they moved me to the outfield. Uh -huh. That's not an easy play as I used to Yeah, the one right at you, it's just, uh, yeah, it's tough to judge. Sean Davis now, the cleanup hitter for the Scots, takes strike one. As Timoner and Dado trade places, 1-1. Scots answer the Prairie Fire run at the top of the first with the run of their own. Trying to get a one, at least one more here. Pitch. Ooh. A little high and outside, I think. One and one to count. Davis, another one of the seniors. A lot of seniors on this roster, which we can probably talk about over the nine innings. Davis, a senior from Barrington, Illinois. Started out as a shortstop, and, uh, but I, I think he looks really comfortable at third. Another strike taken by Davis. That makes the count one and two. Neither one of them real hittable, but in the zone. If he throws it there again, he's just going to have to protect and uh, shoot it. Well, there's a lot of room there through yep. the right side. The second baseman kind of trying to uh, keep Dato close. There's a ton of room there. I was just going to say, boy, there's a big roll, uh, big hole there if he wants to punch one through. Yeah, that's where the catcher's going. They're going outside. Definitely playing him to pull. And just off the outside edge. That'll even the count at 2-2. Two, two. Ripple's still ahead here. Davis on the year hitting 323. A lot of good offensive numbers for the Scots this yeah. year. Yeah, 16 RBIs. Let's see if he can get a 17th here. 2-2 two, two pitch to Davis. Punch there it is. Right through the there hole. There it is. You are Nostradamus. <laughs> That's going to well, they're going to hold up. They're going to hold up Dato at first, or excuse me, at third with, with one away there. Well, I can't remember exactly what it was. Dato, uh, the last doubleheader the Scots had now here, took himself out. at some right sort of injury. I can't remember if it Justin was a boss. knee or ankle. I can't remember exactly what it was, but... Uh, 
Probably a good decision there by Coach Paterni not to send him, especially just one out and get the heart of your order up. Justin Boss, he's from Rockridge High School, just north of us here in the Quad Cities. We've had a lot of good athletes come to Monmouth from Rockridge over the years. But the Rockridge, Sherrard, and Mercer County School Districts have sent a lot of good products here, and Monmouth Roseville's got a couple here on the roster, mm -hmm. pitchers too, so a lot of local flavor, I love it. First pitch fouled away by Boss. Yeah, and I think it's just, a, you know, good uh, good job by Coach Paterni, Coach Nelson. Of course, you know, you go within about 90 minutes, and there isn't anybody in baseball that Coach Nelson doesn't know. Swung on, fouled down the third base side and out of play. That'll put Boss up behind the count 0-2. Got to be productive here, putting something in play. Justin hitting 344 on the year, having a good year. 23 games played and 23 starts. Infield shallow for Knox, not really playing super in, but definitely double play depth. And taking a strike three, that's mm. a good pitch by Ripple. Yeah, went right inside under his hands. Just couldn't quite pull the trigger there. That'll be two outs. Bring up Nate Melvin. Now I pass for Melvin on the year 323, having a good year. Just 12 games uh, played and, and uh, nine starts. Just, uh, what is it, 23 games, 14 and nine for the Scots, 23 mm -hmm. games so far. Of course, you, I think they just played games pretty much basically within their division. Played each team four times, or six times instead of four. Up those, uh, down to center. Center fielder drifting back. This time he's got a little bit of a gauge on it and comes up and, uh, and makes the catch on the fly ball by Melvin. In the inning for the Scots, one run on three hits. Left two runners on, no errors by the Prairie Fire in the bottom of the first inning. After one full, it's the Scots one, the Prairie Fire one here on 1330 WRAM. We'll be back. Back here at Glasgow Field. Just got information from the sports information director here at Monmouth College. Sean Davis's single there in the first inning gives him an 18-game hitting streak. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it really is. I mean, um, you just think about uh, the, the grind, honestly. I mean, it, it's it's tough. I mean, when you're playing a lot of baseball in a short amount of time, you just get, you get tired, you know? I mean, you don't think about it, but having been there, uh, you know, it's been a while, but yeah, I just remember those games, you know, the second game of a doubleheader after, you know, five, six, potentially six hours, you get tired. So to have that kind of concentration and be able to get uh, 18 games in a row, yeah. I'm a little prejudiced. I think baseball's the toughest game there is, hitting a little small white ball with a round bat solidly <laughs> enough to get good enough contact to get yourself on first base. That's the toughest thing to do in sports. But maybe I'm just biased. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> hockey, <laughs> hockey players might give you a little, <laughs> well, that's true. A little grief that's for that. Point. you know. Well, I'm not going to tell a hockey player that. <laughs> Six, seven, eight hitters for Knox here as we start off the top of the second inning. Jake, Jack Mays, third baseman, takes high for ball one. He'll be followed by Noah Sinato and Cole Shepard. Swing and a miss there for Mays. Hitting 206 on the year. Does have four homers. So a little bit of a, a little bit of pop. Pitch from swung through by uh, Fletcher. Fastball blows it right by Mays. One and two the count. First inning, I had Fletcher down for 26 pitches, I, which it's not ideal, but 18 or more strikes. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah, I was just gonna say important for Addy to have a have a quick inning here. That's a good start right there. Down on four pitches is Jack Mays. One, two count, swung on a miss by Mays for the first out. That'll bring up right Noah Sinato. Noah Sinato. Sinato on the year, just 125. And I, I thought I had there where, oh, there we go. How many games he's played in. Foul off down the first baseline on the first pitch. 
10 starts for uh, for Sinato. 1-1 one, one here in the uh, top of the second inning. Rockwood Summit, Summit down there in the St. Louis area. Ooh. Ball. Wow. Called there by the home plate umpire. Pretty good pitch there. Thought I would prep or, uh, post, it, post that with by the home plate umpire. Ball, ball one, one and one with one away. And up and in misses. It's two and one now. Been kind of in and out and up and down for uh, Fletcher here through one and a third anyway. Yeah, hasn't really found his groove, I wouldn't say. And found away again and talking to, uh, listening to Coach Paterni's post-game interviews with, with uh, Sports Information Director Nathan Beliva and him from just talking to him today. Just, uh, it's a sophomore, uh, Fletcher is, really just a freshman. He just got one or two starts, I think, maybe one last year before during the 10 games. And threw well, but he's kind of really just a freshman. Yeah, right. And to, to come in and, and then, you know, have Coach Paterni essentially say, hey, you're my number one, um, you know, there's some pressure on <laughs> sure. uh, with that. Especially with, with the talent around you. Yeah. I mean, you're expected to win. But he's handled it really well. I mean, um, but, you know, you saw him play in high school. Mm -hmm. Always has, you know, handled himself really well. Had great experience with the football squad that went to the, uh, uh, what they go to? Quarter the quarterfinals, yep. you know. Found away again. And was a quarterback for them. So just really good competitor. And I, I, I don't see him shine away, you know, from any kind of challenge. I, had, I probably had him maybe two or three years in the Legion program. So at least I didn't mess him up too much. That's a good thing. <laughs> Full count to Sinato with one away. Fletcher in the ah. dirt skips away from Murphy, but not far enough that Sinato will be able to advance past first. So a one-out walk to Sinato, which is similar to the first inning, a one-out walk following a strikeout, and then uh, that run came around to score. We'll see if Fletcher can strand him this time around. Brings up Cole Shepard, left fielder for Knox. Hitting 151 on the year, plus played in, uh, started 15 games for the Prairie Fire. From Hillsboro, Virginia, Woodgrove High School. Playing left he's today a, is Shepard. And he's a freshman. Here's the pitch on. There goes the runner. Throw down for Murphy. Good jump off of, uh, ooh, slides past the bag, but sticks on there. So the stolen base by Sinato. Got a good jump off Yeah, Fletcher. really good jump. And, and Addy doesn't have the, the, the quickest move to the plate uh, a lot of times, so uh, he's going to have to maybe work on a slide step in the offseason. Yeah, actually, I think when I was uh, doing some stats and looking, I think they've uh, they've ran a little bit on on, uh, on Addy so far this year. Of course, he's pitched a lot of innings. You're going you're gonna to have that. But now runner in scoring position with one away. Swung on a miss. 0-2 to Shepard. Big strikeout here for the eight guy with the nine guy on deck. This will be a big one. With the designated hitter, it's not like a pitcher on deck, but still. But still, yeah. And uh, what's that? Adam Brown on day. Yeah, and hitting 158. So, yeah, important for Addy to uh, got it. Get got the, the next two. Out. Here's one. Swung on a miss uh, on a pitch way that had and had Shepard all fooled. <laughs> yeah, I think the kids call that a sword now. I think that's a sword. <laughs> Adam Brown. <laughs> two away in the nine hitter. Adam Brown is up, and and the game has changed. I mean, I'm old school, and I, I I've been really really slow to come around, but. Uh, the game has changed a little bit. The nine hitters not like it used to be. Not like it used to be, you know, 20 years ago. No, right. Nine hitters is pretty good hitters, really. <laughs> at least what I've came across in the last several years for high school. Fouled, check swing foul right back at our booth here. So Fletcher gets ahead on Brown, 0-1. Good hustle there by Coach Paterni. That's good hustle shown by the coach there. Yeah. That's a good example. He's getting his steps in. <laughs> <laughs> he probably counters. <laughs> oh, one pitch. 
Two away, runner at second. Lead run for the Prairie Fire at second. It's 1-1, Scotts and Prairie Fire. First game of a doubleheader here at Glasgow Field in Mama. Beautiful day for baseball. Ooh, just misses low. Yeah. Ooh, just misses low. It looked like it was over Coach, the plate anyway. Coach, if Coach Sander was coaching, he'd say that must have been outside because it sure wasn't low. <laughs> I, I've actually asked the dugout, was that in or out? And they'd say, or is that up or down or in or out? And they'd say out. I really wish you would have said down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're going to miss, though, that's a good place to miss. And a ground ball right at the third baseman across the diamond. A little bit of a high throw, but Dado keeps his foot on the bag. That'll end the inning. Four, the Prairie Fire in the top of the second inning. No runs on no hits. The, no errors by the Scots, but there was a runner left on base. After an inning and a half, it's uh, Knox one, Mammoth one. College baseball here on the PCSN. We'll be back. Back here at Glasgow Field as we get set for the bottom of the second inning. It'll be the bottom three hitters in the order for the Scots. Seven, eight, nine hitters. Jake Brewer, the designated hitter. Seamus Murphy and then Jordan Ball. Uh, good efficient inning there by, by Ripple in the uh, top of the first inning. Only threw 14 pitches. Uh, faced six batters. So at least it was efficient. wasn't great, but at least it was efficient. Yeah, he was around the plate for sure. And, you know, if he is going to be around the plate and the Scots know that, then they're just going to have to be uh, up there swinging the bats. Which kind of translates to only throwing 14 pitches. The Scots were very aggressive. Two of the six hitters swung at the first pitch. Jake Brewer, the designated hitter for the hitting for Addison Fletcher today in the lineup for the Scots. How do you like that beard that uh, like it. he's got? I mean, that goes down to the middle of the chest almost. I could uh, I could try to grow a beard the rest of my life and it would never get that long. <laughs> Ever. First pitch from Ripple to Brewer. Ooh, maybe up a little bit. Maybe. Boy, I think the umpire kind of gave up on that one about halfway it looked, there. Yeah. It dove down. Brewer hitting a 311 on the year. 1-0 pitch from Ripple. Swung on, fouled out of play over the Scots dugout down the third baseline. Jake's a senior, Gibson City. Illinois, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley. Yeah. If I, uh, memory serves me right, uh, Dustin White, I, th I think is the uh, coach over there, Monmouth grad. Nice. Pitch on the way, 1-1 one, one pitch inside, gets by the catcher all the way to the screen. 1-2 and two the count, or excuse me, 2-1 and one the count to Brewer. Well, you always love it as a catcher, being on deck, having to go chase foul balls <laughs> yeah. like you don't do enough. Right. <laughs> That my guy in the hole. Hey, go get that. High, taken by Brewer. Very high up over the head of Jake, and he's not the uh, not the smallest guy in the world either. No, he's not. And uh, just as we said that uh, he was around the plate the entire first inning. Now he's been a couple a little wild here. I'm the ultimate radio jinx. I apologize to all the Knox fans listening out there. <laughs> Ball, or uh, excuse me, fouled off by Brewer. That fills the count up at three and two. Brewer just four strikeouts on the year, five walks, so he's up there. He's up there hacking too. That's why that's a DH. That's what they pay you to do. Right, right yeah. Thanks. Full count. There it Down is. On the line, it's going to catch good part of the foul territory. We'll see if Brewer's going to head for second. He's going to try it, and he's going to make it easy. A stand-up double by Brewer. Got out of the box well on that. Line drive down the right field line. Strokes the beard as his little uh, celebratory uh, now move. We'll see what Murphy does here. We'll see if they get, uh, see if Coach Paterni gives us some signs here to Murphy. Seamus is uh, in the record books. What, uh, what does he have, uh, Grand Slams? 
Yes. Right? I think he's got the Grand Slam yeah. record. Five, five homers on the year, 27 RBIs to go with his uh, 298 average. I want to say he's got three, which would be, I think, the career record here at Monmouth, I think. Takes first pitch for a ball. Didn't square around a bump. Seamus, another one of the Monmouth seniors from uh, Milan, went to Rock Island High School. Good program up there with the Rocks. 1-0 pitch to Murphy. Swung right man. up the middle, just about takes Ripple's head off. Center fielder has it, and Coach Materni will hold up. Will hold up Brewer at third with nobody out. Since it's taking a chance there. I mean to tell you, Ripple was lucky to get out of the way of that. It went right over his head. That puts runners at the corners. That'll make you think a little bit here. Yep, and you know, good move by Coach Paterni there to uh, not not score. Jordan Ball on the year hitting 346 leads the Scots. See, there's that nine hole. Isn't what nine hole used to yeah. be back in the day? And and, and leads us lead leads us in RBIs with 29. I'm not saying ball's been in the nine hole, um, you know, all season, but today foul ball or excuse me, fly ball down the it is a foul ball out of play down the left field line. Thought maybe I was going to say would would Coach Paterni maybe maybe uh, sacrifice the runner at first to second and then see what happens with the third, but not if you're hitting 346. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and you know, you you could think about maybe trying a little bit of a hit and run if the count is uh, favorable, but yeah, you want to let uh, Jordan do his thing here saving his best year for last he's a senior also from uh, moscow mills or moscow mills missouri detroit buchanan high school moscow mills missouri oh one count for the foul ball by ball now stepping off throwing over to first back in time <laughs> awkwardly is murphy <laughs> hey, you know fell down and reached out Jameis one of one uh, on the year in stolen base uh, and, and attempts, so not really a threat to run, but I, it's a three in a row that he's thrown over there. I'm not sure what uh, where they think he's going, but normally, I mean, you would think if it was the first pitch that bat, he'd throw over just to see if the batter might square around, but he didn't square around the first time, or first pitch, so taking high for ball one, one and one. Going nowhere is Murphy. Boy, again, that right side is wide open. Yeah, for the uh, left-handed hitting ball as well. Yeah, yeah you would think that uh, you'd shade with the, with the holding the runner on. Yeah, although, you know, the first couple of uh, strikes here, the foul balls have gone to the left side. So maybe the uh, Prairie Fire doing a little scouting, thinking that Jordan likes to go the other way with it. Fouled out of play down the left field line. That'll make the count one and two. Two. Nine hitter Jordan Ball on deck. The leadoff hitter Matt Timoner. He led the Scots off in the first inning. Bottom of the first with a single and came around to score on a dado double. One-two pitch to Ball. Fouled out of play again. Straight back. Count remains one-two. Scott's got the lead run at third base. One-one ball game here in the bottom of the second inning. I don't know about you, Sean, but I love listening to the chatter from the dugout. Oh, yes. I mean, I listen to a lot of baseball on the radio, mm -hmm. Cubs and Cardinals, and you hear that, and it's just really nice to have that back, just it to hear is. that sound. I mean, I love the fans in the ballpark, don't get me wrong. Ooh, and hitting. it hits ball on a 1-2 pitch. Boy, that just gives coaches gray hairs. Yeah, that was, a curve, that was a curve ball, and uh looked like Ripple maybe just held on to it a hair long. Fighting Scott. 
Ball, ball sure didn't, didn't make much of an attempt to get out of the way, but you don't yeah. have to. Caught him maybe where to catch him. Maybe the knee, right knee. I'm trying to run somewhere. the line there. Yeah. Maybe you're second-guessing his decision now <laughs> to not get out of the way. What? Yeah, I'm like you. I mean, I like fans in the ballpark, but with, with less fans, you can definitely hear the two dugouts mm -hmm. now on, on the radio broadcast. Yeah, definitely. What a big spot for Timminer here. Bases are jammed full of Scots. And nobody out, too, so uh, Timminer looking to get something in the uh, in the green there in the outfield, at least do his job, get, get one run home at least. Corners look like they're playing in, middle at double play depth. So anything on the corners is going to come home. They're going to try to roll two up the middle, see if Timminer can keep it off the corners. Boy, look at the first baseman, Sean. He is, what, 25, 30 feet off the line? Looks like Anthony Rizzo down there. He can spot <laughs> that close. And he charges as yeah. well. Yeah. But well, I, don't, I don't see Timminer surely squaring around for sure. Crazier things have happened. Pitch, ball two outside on Timminer. I mean, the second baseman is, is really shading to, over towards second, trying to keep Murphy, you know, close so that on a, on a single he doesn't get too good of a jump. But, boy, there's a lot of room out there. 2-0 pitch to Timmerman. We'll see how aggressive he is here. And outside, nothing to swing out there. 3-0. Now, if you're the coach, do you give him the green light? I was, with, actually, with I was just like going to ask you the same ah. question. <laughs> Lead off hitter, you got 2-3-4 up. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. But it's early in the ballgame. You want to get the lead before you get too crazy, I guess, right? And look, took a strike, but looked like he was ready to swing. He was going to pull the trigger, but that was a high strike, yep. and it's just not his pitch. So, yeah. Wasn't, wasn't in that box him up zone. Box him up, sit in that zone, take a rip. 3-1 count now to Timoner. I know he'll be hacking on this one if it's anywhere near the zone. And he takes high ball four. That'll ring across the lead run for Mama. They lead 2-1 to one as crossing the plate is... Jake Brewer, who led the, the inning off with a double. Now at that for Monmouth College. That'll move the runners up 90 feet Logan and bring up Logan Komater. Logan on the year 247. Does walk a lot. Knight leads the team with 19 walks. And with Ripple having some problems here, let's see how aggressive Komater is. He, he squared around and sacrificed in the first inning, got Temminer to second base. Takes ball one. Yeah, he's... I like his approach to, at the plate, too. I mean, again, 19 walks, really has a good eye. Just a sophomore from Ottawa Marquette. 1-0 pitch from Ripple. Bases loaded. 2-1 Scots. They take the lead here in the bottom of the second inning, and slow curve stays up. 2-0 now. Ripple looks frustrated out there on the mound. You know, and that was a close pitch. Didn't get the call. Kind of seemed slump the shoulders a little bit. Kind of a big, yeah. big, big breath there. Like, all right, come on. That's not the body language you want to see if you're Coach no. Isaacson at this point. See, Nobody's people. warming up in the Colin Knox College bullpen. There he gets hey, crossed. Yep, strike. regroups a little bit. Big oh, gets away. Yeah, yeah, he was a little nonchalant there. As, uh, maybe if uh, if Murphy, of course, you don't expect that. If Murphy would have been, you know, sizable lead there, he might have might have broke. <laughs> you don't want to do that with nobody out. But still, I mean, you know, it was kind of a lackadaisical effort by Ripple to go get yeah. the pitch to or the throwback that he missed. 2-1 pitch. And taking for a strike. That was a good pitch by Ripley. Back the uh, back Komater off the uh, plate there a little bit. 2-2. Two -two. Nobody out. Bottom of the second inning. 
Ripple checks his runners. Aaron gets by him. And it hit. Boy, hit I think it hit. Yeah, Comotter. Yeah, I'm like you. I thought maybe it was a wild pitch, but the catcher didn't move. So yeah. You've seen it. You've seen it. <laughs> that would have really been lackadaisical. Right. <laughs> that will bring across the second run of the inning and the third run of the game for the Scots. Still nobody up in the Prairie Fire uh, bullpen down there. Nothing stirring, so ripples. It's, it's ripples to get out of. <laughs> Coach Isaacson said, all right. What do we say? What, what's ripples? You know. Did you say a junior, sophomore? Oh, uh, he is a junior from Decatur. Yeah. Went to Meridian High School just outside of town there. Bases loaded still now. A three hitter, Mike Dato up. He takes a hack at the first pitch and fouls it out of play down the right field line. This is where the game has changed on me. You got, uh, I got two hit batters and a walk in your previous three guys and you're hacking at that first pitch. <laughs> that wasn't really down the middle. No, yeah. But he's got four home runs. Dato's uh, up there on the career uh, career home run list as well. So, you know, he's got the potential to really open her up here for the Scots. Misses with the second pitch. Ripple's pitch to Dato is high and maybe a little away. One and one count to Dato. Boy, yeah, he can really open things up here with a gapper or maybe something positive up there on the hill somewhere. Takes a strike. Good pitch there on the outside corner. He's got Dato down in the count, one, two. Still nobody out. Corners are in. Again, middle double play depth for Knox. Outfield straight away. Yeah, pretty much straight away. Pretty much straight away, yep. And calls timeout. Dato calls timeout. Taking a little bit more time than he liked. Wonderful <laughs> was. Dato, senior, I don't think I mentioned his first time up, senior from Oswego. Boy, has had a good Monmouth career. Oh, man, yes, Ooh. he has. Swung on and missed. Off-speed pitch there. Good pitch there by Rimmel on 1-2. Uh, Still only one out, though, but a double play will limit the damage here for the Prairie Fire. Sean Davis digging in. He singled his first time up in the first inning. What's worth, you know, situation baseball, you want to at least, you know, kind of do your job, get get one into the outfield, at least a sacrifice fly, get another one in. And like you said, stay out of the double play. Ball one to Davis. Look to get uh, Justin Bost up there. Kind of keep the line moving. Corner still in. Middle double play depth, four knocks. Up and away. Ball two, two and oh. Don't want to fall behind Davis too much. Cleanup hitter for the Scots, as we said in the first inning. His single extended his 18-game hitting streak. Second on the team with six doubles. Jordan Ball has nine to uh, lead the Scots. Ripples pitch. Up 3-0. Now what do you do with the cleanup hitter? <laughs> well... You know, and Davis I, doesn't have any school. home runs on the year, so you know you don't think he'd necessarily be swinging for the fences, considering he doesn't have one. But uh, I'd, I'd turn him loose. I would too. <laughs> and taking for a strike. Looked like he was taking the whole way, he though. Was. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty old school, and even I would have given him the green light there. <laughs> <laughs> Three one. Now he's going to get the same pitch here, probably. 3-1. And he did. There's center do, do field. Job. That's going to be deep enough to score the run. Center Plenty deep. Is going to. Everybody's going to. Everybody pass. tagged. What well, good piece of running there. Not only by Timoner, because that, that was a deep center field. But uh, 
Good job there by all the scouts. Yeah, uh, Logan Comater, or Comater. Uh, good job of getting him from first to third to get himself in scoring position. Take another force out of play. Right. Sacrifice fly by Davis, brings home. Jordan Ball with the third run of the inning. That's a fourth run for the Scots. They lead four to one over Knox, bottom of the second inning. And Je Justin Ball's in. He struck out looking back in the first inning. Second on the team with that 3.44 average. We were talking about the uh, local high school programs up kind of north of us with the uh, Sherrard and, and Rockridge and Mercer County programs. Been pretty successful in the last what, five, five, ten years maybe. Yeah, certainly. Takes ball two up. And, you know, you, whenever I go to Rockridge for any, you know, whether it's a football game, basketball game, I mean, there are Monmouth grads everywhere. It's, it's like a reunion every time I go up there. <laughs> 2-0 pitch, driven down to the first baseman, knocks it down, and we'll get the out. So, pretty good job there by Ripple to not get any further behind. That will end the inning for the Scots. Three runs on two hits. There were no errors, and two runners left on. After two full innings of play, it's Monmouth College 4. Knox College Prairie Fire 1 here on 13-30. We'll be back. Back here at Glasgow Field, We've got a visit here to the broadcast booth from athletic director here at Monmouth College, Mr. Roger Haynes. Oh, he, he's a, you know always real chipper to us, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. He was. He's, he was he, is he going to be the uh, you know your like halftime guest, well, maybe <laughs> seventh inning stretch, get him on here? Well, I mean, I know Roger from way back, and you do too. Uh, Roger was a basketball coach when I was at Yorkwood. He was a basketball coach of mine in high school. Okay. So I've known him for a while. You've known him for a while. This is not on any kind of delay system. So maybe no, we shouldn't get Roger here. <laughs> 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 got some good stories. Probably, yeah, probably. <laughs> It'll be one, two, three hitters leading off the top of the third inning for Knox. Evan Laws, Christopher McTeague, and Matthew Shover. Leading off Evan Laws, he struck out looking against Fletcher his first time up to lead off the ball game. Yeah, just five walks on a year and 20 strikeouts. So uh, certainly somebody Addy can uh, try and go after hitting uh, 216 on the year. Curveball does. Ooh. Catches the inside part of the plate. One and one count to Laws now. Pitch on the way, ground ball foul down the third baseline, gets over by the Scots dugout. I'll have to ask our uh, guys here sitting next to us, it's like, it's like a, maybe a changeup or a, it's not as curveball, it's not as fastball. It's like a, I don't know, almost kind of looked like it uh, had a little split finger action to it. One, two pinch. Oh! And he drills laws right in the gluteus maximus. <laughs> That will send Laws down to first as we lead off the top of the third inning. Now at bat, the second baseman, number six. He's up Christopher McTeague. He, got, he drew a walk against Fletcher back in the first inning. Came around to score on the single by Shover. McTeague, a junior from Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh. Hitting 235 on the year. Looking into the uh, Knox dugout. That must be where the signs come from. I know Coach Isaacson. Is, uh, stays in the dugout. Mm -hmm. Must be where the signs come from. Coach Sander used to do that. He wouldn't, uh, he wanted to stay in the dugout there some years. And there's some years he was on the, the uh, at mm -hmm. third, but uh, would flash signs from the dugout. Throw over, thinking Laws might be leaning there a little bit by Fletcher. Now to the plate. In the dirt, good block by Seamus Murphy, the catcher. 
Laws on the year three out of four, so he's uh, somewhat of a threat. McTeague gets on, he's five out of six. The guy you really want to think about is Kendall Ballman, nine out of 11. Mm. Taking for a strike, just above the belt. Evens the count at one, one, two, McTeague. Fletcher, we said had kind of a long first inning there, gave up a run, had 26 pitches, and you said he needed, he needed a pretty pretty short of second inning, and he got one, 18, 18 pitches, not bad. So 44 coming into this one unofficially. Up over the 50 pitch mark now. Through three, not ideal, but especially with four games, two today and two Saturday. Yeah, Scots do have a lot of pitching, but uh, you don't want to burn it out. There's a ground ball, potential double play, ball play. Potentially slowly hit. 6-4 and three. Got got a nice stretch by Dado at first. Great stretch by Dado and a really nice turn there by Timiner. Quick hands. Pitcher's best friend, as they say, isn't it? Absolutely it is. That was a, uh, it, was, it wasn't the sharpest of hit balls, but it was a quick, quick flip to the second baseman. And, and yeah, the, uh, the second baseman had a nice quick turn. Looked like it bounced off of him down there. Timiner <laughs> to Dado. And a good stretch by Dado. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. play all around. First pitch to Matthew Shover, the number three hitter, who singled in a run back in the first inning as a strike called. Yeah, that keeps the pitch count down a little bit. 0-1 pitch, ground ball again. The shortstop up across the diamond, and that ends the inning. Yeah, that was big. That double play was big. No runs, no hits, no errors, and no runners left on base for the Prairie Fire in the top of the third inning. What looked like a promising start to it was erased by a double play and a ground out. We head to the bottom of the third inning. It is 4-1 Mammoth Lady Knox here on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. Here at Glasgow Field to start uh, be the home half of the third inning as the Scots will send the six, seven, eight hitters to the plate against Jacob Ripple back out for his third inning of work. Got a rough second inning, 35 pitches for Jacob in that second inning. Yeah, a couple of hit batters. Uh, was there a walk in there maybe yeah, as well? Got behind in the count a couple times, 3-0 to two batters. Ended up walking one of those. See what, uh, see how aggressive Nate Melvin is here. He flew out the center on the first pitch he saw back in the first inning. Hitting 323, just uh, seen the action about half the Scots games. Yeah, looking, at, in, actually, you've been talking about the games played and games started. It's been a pretty good mix for Mama uh, this year. I mean, Coach Paterni sent a lot of guys out there. Yeah, he has. And, and I think that just, you know, speaks to the, the recruiting job he's mm -hmm. done. You know, there were years, years past where. You know, you, you were you were essentially trotting the same nine, ten guys out there the entire year, and he's got a really nice mix of guys and and guys that can do a little, you know, some different things too. And uh, also, you know, right-handed hitters, left-handed hitters. I mean, uh, it's it's a pretty good mix that uh, that he's assembled there. Melvin takes first pitch from Ripple for a ball. Four-one, Mammoth Lady Knox, bottom of the third inning, and ball two. This one misses away. Again, Melvin flew out to center, pretty deep to center. I think it chased the center fielder back a little bit to end that, that first inning. Or was that, uh, that might have been the sack fly I'm thinking about by Davis in the first, uh, second inning. And take it for a strike, about knee high. In the middle of the plate. 
Got high school baseball later today on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. Scott Weber and I is going to hook up for some Titan baseball at 4.30 this afternoon. Pre-game show 4.15. Who do they play today? They got the line I West. Okay. Chargers come to town. Fouled out of play. That'll even the count at 2-2. The uh, Titans at four and six had a three-game winning streak there, and then uh, ran into a, uh, of course, a Gelsberg ball club that's that's always perennially pretty solid, and then Broomfield Elmwood, who's been really good for about five years now. So <laughs> yeah, they have a little bit of a three-game losing streak for the Titans. We'll see if they can get things squared around. Ground ball between the shortstop and third baseman into right or excuse me, left field for a single. That's a mistake there by Ripple. That was a hanging curveball. And now at that for Monmouth College, the designated Melvin made him pay for it. Probably lucky he didn't four. hang one there to either Comot or Dato or Davis for sure, or <laughs> Boss. Or I can name probably four or five other guys in the lineups. That'll bring Jake Brewer, the designated hitter. He doubled right down the line in the second inning to lead off the bottom of the second. Melvin yeah. just one steal on the uh, year. So not a huge threat to run, although, you know, to 5'10", 160, he's, I'm sure he's got the speed to do it if he, uh, Coach Paterni gave him the sign. I don't, uh, of course, have a stopwatch on Ripple, but he doesn't look extremely slow to the plate. Looks like he's reasonably quick. And there he goes, right on cue, there he goes. And steals it pretty easily. Yep. Melvin slides in with the stolen base. That'll put a runner in a scoring position, and the pitch was taken for a ball, too, so 2-0. To Brewer. See if he can get himself an RBI. Boy, really roped his uh, first at bat there with that double. 2-0 pitch on the way to Brewer. Oh, he he had it, I think. He just kind of got didn't get his hands extended. Popped it up. That might be, ooh, it looked like it might have been trouble as the center fielder, the right fielder, and the second baseman all converged, but they do make the catch. I think the right fielder ended up coming up and making the grab. Now at that, the catcher, number but it might have been in that no man's land out there. And it's, it. it's a, it's a, you know, a high sky today too. I mean, with some clouds mixed in there. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody loses a ball it's in the air. Absolutely beautiful day for baseball today. There's some fans out there in the, uh, the American Legion parking lot taking in some baseball. Been out there for years. Taken outside for a ball one. Does Murphy from Ripple. As the fans have uh, kind of trickled back into seeing some baseball and some local sports. It's good to see. Hopefully, hopefully that uh, we'll get back to normal in the fall. That'd be nice. Yep. Well, and unfortunately, finals were uh, over for the uh, for Monmouth at least yesterday. So a lot of the uh, underclassmen are headed home. Drive to center field. High fly ball. Taking a couple steps in, yeah, it looked like he might have lost it off the uh, off the bat, unless it's maybe one of those, you know, fakes that I didn't lost. <laughs> right, it. you can see that every. Yeah, I wasn't too. sure. He had both hands out, and I thought, well, is, is he saying I got it? Like, you know, or is he saying he's trying to deke, calling for a fair catch him or there, or yeah, yeah, it might have been one of those like I lost it. Maybe the second guy on second will drift off a little bit. I used to try that kind of stuff back in the day <laughs> in softball. Never worked, but boy, it looked cool. <laughs> Nine hitter now, Jordan Ball. The runner at second base with two away. Taken for a strike. We'll see if Ripple can pitch out of it here with a couple fly balls. Lead off single by Nate Melvin. Stole second, and then a couple fly outs have happened since. 0 1 pitch to Ball. Ground ball to the second baseman. You got to 
It's something you don't see very often. Oh, it gets by the scoring. pitcher. The run will score. Good hustle by Nate Melvin as he didn't stop, chucking right around third and scores on the air. I was, good. I was just about ready to say you don't see too many 4-1 putouts. <laughs> no, you don't. But we just about got one there. Now at bat four, the and I think Ripple, it, it hit off Ripple's glove. One. Not the Matt best throw, but it hit it did hit off his glove. But, I, you know, as a pitcher, that's just, uh, especially even at the college level and the D3 level, it's just a tough play. You don't really practice it as much probably as uh, they would at, uh, at some other levels. And certainly at the major league level, they make it look so easy. But it's still a tough play, especially when you're getting thrown to you by the second baseman, which right. you never you exactly. never get. You know, you're, you're, but it went right under the uh, first baseman's glove. And actually pretty good range there shown by the second baseman. The second baseman's not used to, to leading a player right, you know, right. to a bag as, as much as a pitcher would be. 1-0 pitch to Temminer. He takes the first pitch for a ball. There goes the runner. There goes ball. Pitch taken. The throw down. And might have had him, but it popped out of the second baseman's glove. I don't yep. know what they would have called there, but I think the throw was on time. Yeah. Well, High tag. The Knox uh, catcher sure thought that uh, he had him. And, I, yeah, it would have been close. I don't know if he would have been able to uh, avoid the tag or not. As it is, Scott's got a runner in scoring position on the stolen base. If Timmoner can drive him home, 1-1 one, one count to Timmoner. Last pitch called a strike. 14 RBIs on the year for Matt. And takes low for a ball. One run in for the Scots here. They lead 5-1. As good hustle by Nate Mullen to score on the the, the uh, fielding error. I think, I think I heard the official score give an error to the pitcher there. Just kind of thought he said, popped right out of his glove. A tough play to score an error on, though. 2-1 pitch. Taken outside, ball three. Now you're behind 3-1 to Timminer. Been on base both times. Singled and scored in the first inning and got on via a walk in the second inning. Yeah, this is, a, what what inning are we in? Dude, I mean, bottom for, of the third, it feels I mean, this like. Is a third, this is a sixth. third at bat already. <laughs> yeah. Swung on and fouled out of play. Good hack there by Timminer. I mean, I know that uh, our guys do a good job of keeping the, uh, up to, you know, the scoreboard up to date and everything, but I'm thinking, man, it's got to be <laughs> more than the bottom of the third. <laughs> well, I work with Mike Leary a lot doing PA work, and Mike always says, trust the board. Try got to trust the board. <laughs> that depends on who we got on the board. <laughs> Full count. Two away. Punched out of play by Timminer. Spoils that 3-2 pitch. You don't see it very often, but... Uh, Matt's got more walks than strikeouts. Oh, wow. You know, this day and age, you know, and just the at, at all levels. You know, Matt's got, uh, yeah, 16 walks to just 12 strikeouts. So, does a good job of putting the ball in play. Full count. Runner on second. Two away. Ripple's throw to the plate. Runner is going. Takes the walk and stealing third. Wow. So now runner's at the corner. I didn't want to interrupt you, but Ball had a huge lead out there. The second baseman was trying to uh, keep him close, but... Now Ripple just didn't pay much attention to him. Center fielder number five. That'll put runners on the corners. And with the leadoff hitter Timminer on, we'll see if uh, Coach Paterni wants to get aggressive here with a runner at first. As digging in will be Logan Comater, Comater, excuse me. Got a sacrifice and a hit by pitch. It was hit by a pitch in the second inning. And a little foul out of play down the third baseline.
no uh, like Timoner didn't give any indication that he was going to take all. There he goes. And a ground ball right past the first baseman. Into right field, a run will score. Coming across is Jordan Ball. And going from first to third is Matt Timoner. Runner still on the corners here for the Scouts. An RBI single for Comotter. Good piece of hitting there. Now really turned on that ball. The first baseman number two. Hey, gets him his uh, 15th RBI on the year. As, uh, Logan is two for two, excuse me, Sean, two yep. for two in uh, stolen bases. So another first and third situation. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he takes off, although you don't want to take the bat out of Dato's hands when he's got a, an opportunity to drive in a run. Dato has doubled, burnt the center fielder in the first inning and then struck out swinging, takes strike one here. First pitch from Ripple. Seventh at, or seventh batter of this third inning for the Scots. They sent eight men to the plate in the second inning and six men to the plate in the first. A lot of pitches here by Jacob Ripple. Still nobody uh, going, uh, uh, getting loose in the Knox bullpen. Although do I do see somebody in street clothes maybe headed down to send a message. <laughs> yeah, we we haven't uh, gotten any phones in the uh, bullpens and the dugouts yet. <laughs> I would have thought they would have at least had come up with like a two-way radio system. <laughs> Some kind of just a little walkie-talkies down there. Well, I'll put that on the project list for my <laughs> fundraising efforts. Oh, two pitch. I'll donate to a, to a uh, walkie-talkie fund. Foul out of play. Dado still down on the count. Oh, two now with two away. It's like a red light. You just kind of punch a button. Red light goes up down there. Warren High School here in our local area used to have to do that with basketball. Their scorer's desk was way above on the second deck. So when you when you checked in, you had to push this button and the light would come on. Yeah. And for the visiting player, sometimes they just didn't see the light. Uh-huh. You know. Ball, oh, there's a there's another by run. The catcher is going to score a run. In motion was Comotter, so he's going to go all the wow, way to third. All the way to third on that. Good a lot of room out. here uh, behind the plate. And so when you're running anyway, just good heads up, way to keep his eye on the on the ball and seven to one Scots now. Yep. And then that is still an opportunity for Dado to get an RBI. One and two to Dado. Runner at third with two away. Three runs in the inning for the Scots. Seven total. They lead the Prairie Fire seven one. Scots first game of a doubleheader today. Two today here in Monmouth and then two in Galesburg against the Prairie Fire on Saturday. Need to win at least two to make it safe to play for a South Division title on Monday and a makeup game in Jacksonville against IC, Illinois College. Found out a play by Dado. Trying for the, not counting last year, because last year doesn't count. This would be the third third South Division title straight for uh, Coach Paterni. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, uh, boy, the season where they went to the tournament, really special year, set the school record for wins. And just had a lot of really just gritty guys on that team. One, two, popped up. And oh, that's coming right at you, way. Sean. That is gonna, nice play by the catcher as he caught it just before it got into the screen. So Dato will make the third out here in the third inning. In the inning for the Scots, three more runs on the board. Just one hit, there was an error, uh, two hits, excuse me, there was an error amongst that three runs and a runner left on base as we head to the top of the fourth inning. It's Mama's seven, Knox one here on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. I know I'd go back to you.
back here at Glasgow Field as Addison Fletcher taking his warm-up tosses for his fourth inning of work here in the ballgame. Unofficially 54 pitches for Addison through three. Comfortable 7-1 lead. Go out and just uh, kind of pound the zone here a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I was just going to say you certainly don't want, uh, you know, to now put, just put guys on, make them earn it, let your, let your defense, you know, make plays behind you. It'll be the four, five, six hitters, Charlie Gibbons, Benjamin Rogina, and Jack Mays. First inning, uh, Charlie Gibbons had a 10-pitch at-bat that he finally popped out on, taken for a strike. First pitch from Fletcher. <laughs> you don't see that very often. That ball went to the screen, it and it was a strike. Just, just popped out of the catcher's glove. Yeah, just, just like it hit the side of, of it. <laughs> oh, one pitch to Gibbons. Ground ball right at oh, boy, wow. a bad hop. Not took the third baseman's head off. He was down and ready to feel, feel the ground ball and took a wicked hop up over his head. Yeah, and that wasn't on the grass. That hit something on the uh, on the dirt. Had a little had a, some serious topspin on it too. The catcher, number thirty. He just about uh, just about didn't get out of the way there. As third baseman Sean Davis still kind of glancing around like, what the devil was that? Who's who's John? Was it to rake out here before the game? <laughs> I think you're. I think you're supposed to rake your own. That's uh, right. You rake, rake your own, own spot. You take care of your own house. That's what we used to call. You take yep. care of your own house. Well, that puts Gibbons on with a uh, bad hop single. Now I bring up Benjamin Rogina, who struck out against Fletcher to end the first inning, and then a little bit of a mini threat for the Prairie Fire. Takes or swings and misses at the first pitch. Fletcher been pretty darn efficient, unofficially 54 pitches and 37 strikes. Through three innings. Yeah, to your point, just pound the zone. 0 1 pitch to Rogina. Catches that inside corner. Good frame job there by Murphy. <laughs> yeah, I thought that, I mean, from my vantage point here, pretty much right behind the plate, that looked inside, but. It'll be 0 2 to Rogina. Runner on first, nobody out. And taking Ooh. for a strike. Strike three. Down on strikes for the second time is Rogina. Addy's got his curveball working. Like he's gotten loose now. He's done a pretty good job. Now at that, the third baseman, number 33, Jack Mays. Mays struck out in the second inning to lead off the second inning. Kevin's on first. Unless he's sneaky quick, probably not a threat to run down there. <laughs> uh, let me see. He might have a stolen yeah. base here. Been he does not. Then. He does not. He does it. 448 on base percentage, so he's on quite a bit. But, and. Addy not really paying too much attention to him. Yeah, working pretty quick right now. And certainly not with a 7-1 lead. You just, you know, if he wants to try and steal, let, let Murphy try and throw him out. This is with the second pitch. 1-1 pitch to Mays is on the way. That was ball tattooed. That's hit pretty hard. Going back is this, and it's going to one-hop the fence. Left fielder gets it in. They're going to wave the runner home. The throw to the plate is just off the mark. That's another case where they might have might have had the run at the plate just a little off the mark. Good hustle by Gibbon. Yeah. I was just giving him grief for maybe not getting any stolen bases, and he scored from first <laughs> on that. Yeah. Just took a little bit of time getting it into the infield. No, uh, I, like you said, one hop the 360 mark out there in left center. We'll bring home the second run for the Prairie Fire to make it 7-2 to and another runner in scoring position. Noah Sainato walked in the second inning. He'll dig in here with one away. Yeah, that was, it was hit pretty good. Yeah, I guess that's our fault, Sean. We just told him to pound the zone, <laughs> and, and then he did. And uh, 
Not the first time I've had to shoulder blame for things that happen on this radio station. <laughs> Fouled out of play. On the first pitch from Fletcher does Sinato. 0-1 now on Noah. Walked in the second inning. Scouts uh, pretty much straight away all around. Maybe corners might be hugging the line here a little bit. Pitch on the way. Over the second baseman's head, it's going to fall in. No, oh, nice great diving right catch. Fielder. That was a nice play out there. I thought that was for sure down off the bat. That's Justin Bost. Rock Ridge's own Justin Bost yeah. out there. Got a really nice jump on it. And, uh, you know, it was kind of slicing back to him, which helped. Wasn't going away from him. It was kind of slicing back to him. But still, nice diving grab there. Yeah, I thought that was down for sure. It looked like it was just a little kind of a little flare over the second baseman's head. And Boss, I think, probably was probably playing a little bit shallow out there. So the runner scrambles back to second. Mays, ground ball down the first or third baseline by Cole Shepard is foul. Unproductive out there by Sinato. It's Mays had to stick at second. Pretty good job by Sinato. Or excuse me, Mays on, on the read on that, because at least from here it looked like it was down and didn't get doubled off. Yeah, if he just takes off there thinking that it's down, it turns into a double play. Ball low. Evens the count at 1-1 to Shepard. Two away, runner on second. Top of the fourth inning. College baseball here on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. Scott's lead 7-2 in game one of the doubleheader. Fletcher. There he checks the runner a second. I was going to say he's going to go without even checking the runner and throws a strike. Good pitch. Out on the outside corner, maybe about maybe a little below the thighs, above the knees a little bit. See what Addy's got here. I'm going to guess it's either the uh, the curveball or maybe that split finger. <laughs> Digging in his glove a little bit there. There it was. There it was, yeah, just down in the dirt, not chasing with Shepard. Might have been maybe a little too down. But I mean, you don't want that up too high either. 2-2. Two, two. Is that a change-up or a... With two away. Okay. Change-up I'm getting from the uh, Monmouth players. Got confirmation. It is a change-up. And Spark on a miss. That was the curve there. Shepard goes down on strikes. That'll end the fourth inning. Top of the fourth inning for the Prairie Fire. One run on two hits. No errors. And a runner left on base. Heading to the bottom of the fourth inning. It's Mama 7, Knox 2 here on AM 1330, FM 94.1, WRAM. Back here at Glasgow Field as Monmouth College getting to uh, dig in here in the batter's box, enjoying a 7-2 lead against the Knox College Prairie Fire. Local long-time rival. How many Monmouth Knox games have you participated in between basketball and baseball? About oh, 50? participated? Yeah. Ooh. Well, when we when when I was a uh, well when I was a student, we actually played three game series with uh, with oh, each wow. team. We played like a weekday single game, and then we'd play a doubleheader on the weekends. So uh, so let's see, three years. That'd be twelve baseball games. Because um, I don't think we ever played them in the playoffs. And then, uh, yeah, eight eight basketball games, 20, roughly. So you are well-versed <laughs> in how this, this rivalry is. In the rivalry, correct. <laughs> it didn't take me long. You know, coming from Rushville High School where our colors were purple and gold, it didn't take me long to get rid of all my purple and gold once I got to Monmouth. First, though, uh, first, first weekend here at the college, you call back home, get rid of everything I have purple and gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, you know, all those high school t-shirts that you yeah. get from all the sports and dances and homecomings and all, everything's purple and gold, and then you can't bring any of it to school because your rival's the same color. I uh, I went to school at York when we were purple and gold as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to get rid of all that stuff. 0-2. First two pitches by Sean Davis, cleanup hitter for the Scots here in the bottom of the fourth inning, taking for strikes. Ripple back out for his fourth inning of work, unofficially at 76 pitches through three. That is certainly not ideal. Swung on a miss mm. by Davis. Good pitch by Ripple. And uh, yep. got Davis chasing. I don't know if Davis was maybe guessing there, but shouldn't be guessing on 0-2, but maybe looked like now he might have been. the right fielder, number six, Justin Ball. Yeah, not the bat he wanted, I'm sure. Kind of kicking himself here as he heads back to the dugout. Boss will dig in. He's over two. Struck out looking and grounded out to the first baseman. Right back to the first baseman again. A toss over to Ripple. Uh, much more of a, of a, a normal play there. <laughs> Getting the ball from the first baseman rather than the second baseman. Ground out for Boss brings up Nate Melvin. Quick inning here for Ripple, it's, which is actually it's good for Ripple, and it's really good for Coach Isaacson to see him get a quick inning here. Right. See uh, maybe a little bit of movement down there in the Knox bullpen. Can't really tell due to the uh, or the batting cages there, but maybe some guys at least getting loose. Yeah, guys up off the stool and they're uh, off the bench and their buckets is all down there. First pitch taken for a strike by Melvin is. Purple's done a much better job of getting ahead hitters. Right now, I've got him for five straight with this cold strike by Melvin. Five straight hitters he's thrown a first pitch strike to, and I can't even stress how big that <laughs> is. You people that know baseball know exactly what I'm talking about. Ground ball to the shortstop across the diamond. High throw, I think. He beat it anyway. It anyway. Yeah, yeah, he got down the line quick there. Wow. That was kind of a, uh, I would say, routine ground ball to the uh, shortstop two or three hopper just a little, maybe just a just a little bit to the right side of the shortstop but not much Evan Laws high throw I, like I say I don't think he gets Melvin anyways I'm gonna give him a hit on that for sure and he did steal second back in the third inning to kind of set the table and get things in motion for the Scots leading off the uh, top of the third or bottom of the third so I would say with two outs he's got to be going again doesn't he take him for a yeah. pitch you would take think so you would think so. Get him in uh, scoring position. Taking a good long look over at Coach Paterni there in the in the uh, third base coaching box. I didn't get a chance to see the signs from Paterni, but going nowhere. Pitch on the outside corner. A little off speed taken for a strike by Brewer, the designated hitter for the Scouts. One for two, doubled the score to lead off the top of the second or bottom of the second inning, and then flew out to right in the third inning. Got that nice Colin Moran beard going for you, <laughs> for you two pirate fans out there listening to the ball, to the ball game today. <laughs> There's two. <laughs> I'm counting me for one. Yeah, is your and son I, listening? I, I hope what Alex is listening to. There's the two for sure. Fouled out the play by Brewer, and maybe uh, maybe Jeff Henry uh, up at Rockridge, maybe <laughs> tuning in today. Former Monmouth College, yeah, former uh, Monmouth College student, coach at Rockridge. He's a big pirate fan too. So maybe I'll call it two and a half today. 0-2 pitch from Ripple. A two-way runner on first, runner not going. And, ooh, taken low for a ball. Uh, Ripple started heading off to the dugout. He thought it was strike three. Tried to get some help from his catcher. Tried to kind of bring that up and frame it, but uh, nothing doing there. One and two to Brewer now. Melvin hasn't really looked like he's been going uh, anywhere. Not a huge lead over there either. Pitch on the way. There he goes. Run right into the shortstop who was going to cover second and across wow. the diamond. 
I'm sure. I think Laws would have been there anyway, but he did run right into it. Yeah, he did. There. That'll end the inning for the Scots. No runs for the first time today. Scoreless inning put up there by Ripple. No runs on one hit. There were no errors and a runner left on base. We will come back for the fifth inning here on AM 1330, FM 94.1, WRM in 30 seconds. Welcome back into College Baseball here on the Prairie Communications Sports Network here on AM 1330, FM 94.1 WRAM. A rare off day for the Chicago Cubs has allowed us to get a couple of local baseball games here on the air. We're taking in a Monmouth College-Knox College game, myself and Michael Blazing doing this one, and then I'll be teamed up with Scott Weber for Monmouth Roseville Titan Baseball later today. I'm, I'm working. I'm riding the coattails of a couple good ones today, baby. <laughs> well, you picked a good day to... Uh to broadcast it, the uh, Saturday doubleheader scheduled. The weather's not looking too great unless it's changed since the last time I looked at it, but happy to uh, oblige and, and do the game today. Hopefully the uh, weather holds out and they get those two in. I'd hate to see that push to Sunday and have to come right back and travel to IC early on a Monday. Yeah. Well, not only that, for these seniors, Sunday's graduation. Oh, <laughs> So, uh, you know, right. I mean, I... This is just me, but I certainly wanted to, you know, play baseball rather than go to graduation. But, uh, you know. I'm going to put you in a quandary, though. Yeah. For sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a tough call. Adam Brown takes strike one, strike two from Fletcher. As he pounds the first two pitches on that outside corner. Brown grounded out to third back in the second inning in his only other plate appearance. Fletcher ahead in the count, 0-2, and already coming to the plate. Ground ball, all right to the third baseman. No bad hop this time. He played him on the grass. Yeah, he wasn't exactly. let the dirt get him. Right. <laughs> Cross the diamond for out number one. Well, Brown was, uh, came into the game hitting 158, maybe a threat to uh, to bunt, lay one down. So Davis had him played perfectly. Rolls it back around to the top of the order for the third time through for Addison Fletcher. Scattered three hits here early on. Law's just a freshman. I don't think we mentioned that earlier. Boy, is that the same? That's the same play. Another tailor-made hop right to the third baseman Davis across the diamond for out number two. You couldn't you couldn't roll the ball out to him any better than that. And again, he was playing a little bit more shallow there, taking away that dirt hop on him. Two away, two quick outs here for Fletcher. Only had 15 pitches in the fourth inning and only 10 pitches in the third inning. So. Getting right back around, and he does. I think he does have a complete game. Yeah, he does. Er, uh, earlier in the year, I know I was talking a little earlier. It was only the top of the fifth inning, but at least he's on pace. We'll call it. And I'm sure Coach Paterni would like nothing more than to uh, to uh, or or if you're thinking ahead, maybe uh, have him ready for Monday if you get him out of here at these. That's that's a tough that's a tough call. Yeah, yeah. Let him finish here and save a little bullpen for. Game two and Saturday, or do you get him out early? Maybe bring him back Monday. Yeah, bring him back well, Monday anyway. Right, right. Yeah, you certainly want to see how he feels, and and if he's, you know, if this is kind of stress free, and he can come back in a couple of days. Ooh, line drive just over the shortstop's head gets out to left field for the two out single by Christian McTeague. Fourth hit for the Prairie Fire against Fletcher. A pretty good shot there. Yeah, and I was I was going to say McTeague probably wasn't a as a big of a threat to uh, to Bunn. He leads the team with eight doubles on the year, and he's a uh, I'd say earlier he's a threat to uh, threat to steal five out of six on the year. Let's see if, how aggressive 
Coach Isaacson gets with the Prairie Fire. He's leaning. He's going. First pitch. That's gone. That is to the left fielder. He's drifting back, drifting back. Oh, yeah, makes boy. the catch right on. It might have been on the track. On the, he was on the morning track yeah. there. Well, I thought that was gone. The wind, might, wind kind of died down a little bit. The uh, flag at the Legion parking lot's kind of yeah, not yeah, not, as, not moving as much. But whew. that stayed in the ballpark as uh, getting under it was the left fielder Jordan Ball for the Scots for out number three in the inning for the Prairie Fire. Quick inning for for uh, uh, Addison Fletcher. I think just a nine pitch inning. I'll total that up. Nine pitch inning for Fletcher. No runs, or, yeah, no runs on one hit. There were no errors and a runner left on base. As we head to the bottom of the fifth inning, it is Mama seven, Knox two. We'll be back. Back here at Glasgow Field on AM 1330, FM 94.1 WRAM, and I just did get confirmation. Alex is listening today, so the sun is listening, <laughs> so we have at least two Pirate fans. Well, I got no, well, well, maybe two Pirate <laughs> fans. That's enough of that stuff. Uh, according to uh, Steve McVeigh, who's uh, also listening, Who's had enough of the pirate talk? Yeah, and he's uh, not our a good, pirate fan. Our good, uh, good friend Ben Olson, country financial uh, nice. agent, new to town, listening in from his office. So we just, uh, we just had Ben in the radio station here recently. Yeah, actually, I, I, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. A couple more listeners may have to shut the radio station down. <laughs> we'll be so over, overflow traffic there. To heck with you, Kim Kardashian. It's us that's breaking yeah, that's the internet. Right. That's right. All right, leading off here for the bottom of the fifth inning is the 8-9. One hitters in the order for the Scots. It'll be Seamus Murphy, Jordan Ball, and Matt Timmoner leading off Murphy. One for two for the day. Takes the first pitch from Ripple. Ooh, all that outside. I'm Ripple there. He kind of gave the old head throw there. Good <laughs> pitch from here. Behind Murphy, 1-0. Quickly coming with pitch two in the dirt. That one was low. 2-0 to Murphy, who was one for two. Singled and scored in the second inning. Flew out in the third. 298 for uh, Sheamus on the year. Trying to get him over that 300 mark. Hit here should do oh, it. Oh, I was going to say he's ready to unload on one. <laughs> but just the uh, the bases aren't loaded, so he can't hit a grand, grand slam <laughs> yet. But uh, that he seems just, to be his specialty. I, don't, I know the new the new catchphrase is exit velocity and launch angle, which drives me crazy. The next time I hear that, I'm going to throw punch somebody. <laughs> but that was pretty good exit velocity there. <laughs> yeah, he was ready for that one. Takes the ball or takes a strike on the outside corner. So 2-2 two -two now from Ripple who had his first scoreless inning back in the fourth, held the Scots off the scoreboard. Did give up a single, but 2-2 pitch to Murphy, as you can kind of hear the dugouts, the chatter going now. Like you said, that's good to hear. Yeah. After not hearing it all last spring, that's great to hear. Boy, Murphy just rips the ball down the left field line, foul. The only, the only thing we're missing is some guy, you know, coming behind us yelling, peanuts. <laughs> I, I actually mean, take a bag right now. I guess way to do that. <laughs> I love it when it rolls down to the dugout or the, excuse me, the bullpens. They all just sprint trying to be the first one to get to it. <laughs> like you get a piece of gum back in the old days. Popped up a high pitch from Ripple. Shortstop drifting out. Left fielder coming in. And Did he catch the that? shortstop, if he caught that, that's a fantastic catch. No, I think it popped out of his glove. I, re I see him reach down and pick it up, but... Yeah, they, nobody yeah. knows. The umpire, no, the umpire, umpire uh, gave him the safe call. Now I bet for the scout. Yeah, so that's going to be. Uh, they're they're going to have ball. to get together here, I think, because the shortstop drifted out, and it, at the last second, I think the wind might have grabbed it, and he tumbled down. And I thought he caught it initially live, but I seen him reach down and pick it up. 
but then he kind of gave the, well, I caught it. Yeah, and his back was turned, and when he fell, so you couldn't really see his glove, or the fact that if, if he had it in his glove or not, but... Uh, That's yeah, a help for Murphy. Base umpire uh, gave the safe call. Honestly, I thought that should have been the left fielder's ball. Oh, right, right, yeah. I mean, that was up there for a long time. Yeah, unless he was playing really, he, really deep. Well, he looks like he's playing on the warning track. There's a single to center field. That's going to get by the center fielder. Pretty good shot there from the nine hitter, Jordan Ball. He's going for three. He's going to go into third. Here comes the throw, the relay throw, not a time. That is a trip, trip, triple. As they say on Pirate Broadcast, I'm bringing that in. Trip, trip, triple for Ball. And he is really, is that a, that, maybe he was close to a record there because. Well, he somebody on the Scots has a bunch of well, triples. You know what? That's his sixth triple of the year. Wow. So that might be a that might be a record. He's he's looking at down there at the uh, his parents. I think. I think he's got it. We'll have to check <laughs> with uh, SID Believa to uh, see if that's a. Uh, well, six is a lot. Yeah. Triple I mean, wise, certainly it's a, uh, a single season record. You know what? I think. Popped up to the right fielder. That's going to be enough to score ball with the second round of the inning. Is coming all the way around to score on the triple was Murphy. And here the sacrifice fly by Timiter. He Makes does. It He's nine got, to two. He is excited. He's running back to the dugout. I like it. And yeah. The, and you know what? I think. I think no, this was talked about. I think Coach Viterni had had or shared the career record triples record. I think you. I I remember reading one of uh, uh, Nathan Believa's the sports information director one of his articles, and I remember Coach Viterni was brought up on one of those records. And you might be right. Yeah. Fly ball to the center fielder on the first pitch to Comotter is caught by the center fielder. That's out number two. Two straight flyouts. One, a sacrifice fly version. Uh, Pat, for Monmouth College, the first baseman, number I'm two. bring up Mike, Mike Dado. Dado. He is uh, one for three. Doubled in a run in the first inning. Doubled in the first run for the Scots in the first inning and struck out and fouled out. Two runs in here for Monmouth. Makes the score 9-2. Getting close to that. I'll tell you, if you are the Scots, you want to get to that 10-run mark by the seventh inning as quickly as you can. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Save a little pitching and, you know, whatever else. Dato with a fly ball to center, drifting over, still drifting, and making the catch. Three straight flyouts to end the inning, all to the center fielder for the Prairie Fire, and that's Adam Brown. So that will end the inning, but another two-run inning for the Scots. Two runs on two hits. There were no errors and no runners left on base. After five full innings of play, it's Monmouth College 9, Knox 2 here on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. We'll be back. Back here at Glasgow Field as we get set for inning number six. Back out on the mound is Addison Fletcher. Uh, 77 pitches. We'll see how far Coach Paterni wants to extend Addison here with a 9-2 lead. Nobody uh, from here, it looks like nobody up throwing in the scouts bullpen. Yeah, they all look pretty comfy down there, don't they? <laughs> yeah, a little too comfy. Send them some. Send them a pizza down there. <laughs> you know, there's a story from the late 80s when uh, Former uh, Galesburg baseball coach Arnold Gonzalez ordered a pizza from the bullpen <laughs> when, when, when the uh, field was still on campus. Needless to say, Coach Glasgow was not amused. I can't, I can't imagine trying to pull that with TG here. I just can't. And, and you know, knowing Arnie as well as I do, it, it's not shocking. But <laughs> took a lot of a lot of guts, that's for sure. First pitch to Charlie Gibbons taken for a strike. Oh. Hopefully, maybe we'll get the, uh, he's the head coach at Robo Williamsfield now. Maybe we'll get the uh, 
Cougars on the air at some point this spring <laughs> and be able to bring that up to him. <laughs> Second pitch pounding the zone there by Fletcher and two good pitches. Yeah. Little sweepers on the outside corner. Yep, I was just going to say those are th pitches where he's not going to be able to, Gibbons not going to be able to do much with it, nor that with that third strike. And Gibbons swung right over the top of pitch number three. Gibbons down on strikes for a quick first out here. In the top the of the sixth fire. inning, the catcher number thirty. Bring up Benjamin Rogina. Benjamin Rogina, Rogina uh, 0 for two. A couple strikeouts, one swinging and one looking. Uh, on the day for Fletcher, one, two, three, four, five, six, six strikeouts for Haddison. Seven now with the uh, strikeout of Gibbons and a strike to Rogina. Rogina from uh, Juliet, Illinois. Juliet West, Jr. 0-1 pitch from Fletcher, this time just off the outside edge. Similar type pitch, just didn't didn't catch the corner. It's the first ball that uh, Addy's thrown in. I think uh, three batters, I think. And swung on a miss. Tied him up there on that breaking ball. Yes, he did. That was another one of those swords. <laughs> Kids are calling it now. 1-2 <laughs> pitch to Rogina, looking quick is Fletcher, found out of play. Yeah, it's almost like he's picked up his rhythm a little bit, oh. isn't it? Oh. Keep it going. Keep this line moving. Get them get them get his teammates bats back in the in the batter's box there. One two pitch. Swung through a high fastball. Out number two. Strikeout number eight for Fletcher. Yeah, climb the ladder on that one. And two outs here in the top of the sixth inning. Now I bat the third. That'll bring up Jack Mays. Jack Mays. He has doubled and struck out. Doubled in the second Knox College run there in the fourth inning. First game of a doubleheader here at Glasgow Field. Taken for a strike. First pitch to <laughs> Mays. Well, I've got uh, coming into this inning, had 77 pitches, and 56 of those are strikes. Anything over, I'd say, 63, 64% always made me happy. A little pop-up, second baseman chasing, and makes the catch. Quick inning for Fletcher. He has now retired four straight batters in the inning for Knox. No runs, no hits, no errors, no runners left on base. Heading to the bottom of the sixth inning, it is Monmouth 9, Knox 2, here on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. Back here at Glasgow Field as we get ready for the bottom of the sixth inning. Ripple still on the mound, but we have a new catcher. That was kind of the opposite of what I would have been thinking for sure. <laughs> As uh, a new catcher for the Knox. Who we got the new catcher? Joey, Joey Salazar. He's a uh, 5'10 junior from Denver, Colorado. Ripple out there for his sixth inning of work, unofficially at 97 pitches coming into this one. We'll see how far Coach, uh, Coach Isaacson, which with Knox having just four games left, and of course uh, Ripple's not going to see, probably not see action in game two today or Saturday. Probably just get him to the last start of the year and extend it as far as yeah. he can go. Yeah, well, and you know, it, things certainly have changed, um, you know, from years past where, you know, we might only had three, four pitchers really on staff. And, you know, Coach Baterni has a, you know, full staff, really. I mean, you got a closer, you got a middle inning guys, you got some long relief, you got some short relief. So, uh, you know, it, he can rely on uh, on his guys and his other starters for the uh, next three games, and then you know you see if if Addy's able to you know go against IC or maybe there's somebody else uh, yep. on the staff that's had uh, better success against IC so far this year. Fly ball by 
Sean Davis here in the bottom of the sixth inning. Second baseman going out, but the right fielder coming in. This time he calls off the infielder and he gets the out. That's a four straight uh, fly, fly ball outs. Is yes. that right? Got uh, a fly ball to the right fielder there, and then uh, it was three straight to the center fielder there to end the fifth now inning. I'll bring up Justin Boss. He's 0 for 3. The uh, Scots with 10 hits today. Moss does not have one of those. Nick Melvin, or Nate Melvin, excuse me, Nate Melvin on deck. Swung on the first pitch from Ripple and out of play is Boss down the third baseline. So Ripple right at 100. Still nobody up throwing no. down there in the uh, Knox bullpen. To the plate. And there's a shot. That's, That's a gapper. gapper. That's going to get all the way to the wall and maybe hit the base of the wall. And pulling into second is going to be Justin Boss. He said, uh, Mr. Temple, I do now have one of those hits <laughs> in the lineup. Now at that for a moment. Yeah, that hit right at, right at the base of the fence, I think, there in, in right center. Unless he had a double uh, earlier in the year, that's his first double of the year. Oh, wow. I would have never guessed that. Yeah, I mean, uh, got a three triples and a home run, uh, 16 RBIs, but uh, that's his first double. <laughs> some triples and some homers, it's all or nothing. Yeah. Justin. And he, almost, he just about had another one there. Got to bring up Nate Melvin. He is two for three. Runner at second, 9-2 Monmouth. Bottom of the sixth inning with one away. Outside, taking for a ball. Just a 10-pitch inning for Ripple in the fifth. Got out of that pretty quick, although he gave up a couple runs. But similar to what you were saying earlier, the Scots have really been jumping on those first, I'd say, anywhere from one to three pitches. They've just been aggressive. Right. Ripple behind the count, 1-0 to Melvin. Fly ball almost the same <laughs> spot. That's going to be a little it's higher. Probably. Nope, coming back to the right fielder there. Going to hang up just a little bit. So the outfielder making the play and tagging and going to third is Bost. Two away, but the runner advances 90 feet to third. You never know. A little wild pitch, pass ball, get him in. Now at bat yep. for the sky, the designated hitter number 28. And I'll bring up Jake Brewer. Brewer, who is one for three. So he can pick up an had RBI. That, had that double to the fence his first time up and hitting at 311 on the year. One for three here. A hit here would definitely raise that a few points, you would think for sure. Taking low for a ball. And that's another flyout. That's five straight flyouts. <laughs> and of course, you got the double and the triple in there, too. You got the double by Boss. So it's almost nine straight fly balls <laughs> here by the Scots. It's that launch angle. Yeah, thing. well, you know, you get up <laughs> nine to two, that wind's blowing out a oh, little that's bit. That's a line drive, though. <laughs> yeah. That's no fly. Brewer ball. said, uh, I, I, I hear you, Sean. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I, if you're a if you're a Scots fan, that'll bring home the tenth run as Boss comes across with a double by uh, it's a good hustle double there by by Brewer. Yeah, good it, line drive over the second baseman's head. Now at that for Monmouth College, the catcher. Yeah, if you're a Monmouth fan, you're like keep talking, uh, Mr. Temple. <laughs> if you're a Knox fan, you're saying shut up. Runner in scoring position as Brewer and Boss trade places to make it ten two. Brewer at second for Seamus Murphy. He's two for three. Scored a couple runs. And there's, there's another fly, fly ball. It's going to drift out of play, I think. Third baseman chasing it down the final okay. line out of play. But enough one in the air. I don't know if Coach Isaacson just told Ripple, hey, I need some innings out of you. Just go out yeah. there and throw strikes. Yeah, yeah. rubber arm, I, uh, for sure. Strikes. 
I mean, just I was looking at his uh, stats, just 23 and two-thirds innings on the year, so it's, uh, you know, doesn't really have a lot of innings. Oh, he's, he's at, uh, well, he's trying to get through six here. That's a quarter of what he's thrown all year. Taking for a ball, 1-1 one, one pitch, or 1-1 one, one count to Murphy. Seamus, the catcher for the Scots. Runner at second, 10-2 Mamna. Two away, bottom of the sixth inning, taking for a ball outside. 2-1, Murphy ahead in the count now. Well, if I got anything from uh, Sports Information Director Belivo on the... Uh... No, no, not yet. Let's see if they got some confirmation whether that was a record-breaking triple. Swung on and fouled away by Murphy. That will even the count at 2-2. Runner at second and two away. Deuces wild here for the Scots in the bottom of the sixth inning. Ripple just trying to survive it again. If you're going to bring somebody in the seventh, I don't see anybody <laughs> loosening up either. Yeah, there's, and, and Ripple's, I mean, it, he looks a little spent out there. You know, the shirt's untucked in the front, and he's just kind of laboring, but gets gets Murphy there. He gets him on the strikeout swinging. A run in for the Scots to make it 10 2. Two runs, or one run on two hits. No errors and a runner left on base. It's six full innings of play here at Glasgow Field. The Scots on top. Mammoth leading 8 2. Excuse me, 10 2 over the Knox College Prairie Fire. We'll be back. Back here at Glasgow Field as Addison Fletcher heads out to the mound for inning number seven. Addison has scattered four hits today. What did we say to strikeout wise? Eight? Eight, I think last time uh, you mentioned something was. Seven, uh, eight. Yeah, I'll write that down. Eight strikeouts for Addison here. And, and walk wise, he got a couple wide hit, one in the first and one in the second, and then he has not allowed a free pass since. So really settled in after that first two innings. Yeah, you don't really want to say he was laboring, but in comparison to what he's been uh, doing the last few innings, uh, it's kind of really gotten into his groove there a little bit. And, as we said earlier, really pounding the strike zone. Still under 90. I got him at 87. So, not too bad, but it's probably getting close to that edge. I would think. Yeah, you would think. I mean, Coach Paterni there coming down, uh, coming back from the bullpen. Somebody may be there. A little, little movement down there. Either that or he's going down to get a slice of pizza. One or the other. <laughs> I don't think Arnie's down there. <laughs> if he is, I, we should have had Said head coach Paterni brings the piece. Now at bat for the All right, so it'll be 7-8-9 against Addison Fletcher here in the top of the seventh inning. Noah Sainato and Cole Shepard and Adam Brown. Sainato, 0 for 1, walked and stole the base in the second inning and then flew out to right. There's another fly ball this time. It looks like second baseman's going to drift out. Play. <laughs> Not too sure, but... He made the play. Wind yep. might have picked up there. Wind picked up gust. a little bit, and the uh, sun's kind of in his eyes there. And But Timmer, uh, you know, for his career, I don't have his uh, fielding stats in front of me, but uh, been really sure-handed for the, the four years he's been here. And that's what you want out of your second baseman. Of course, you want the you want the kind of the flash at shortstop, a guy that can make a bunch of different plays, but you just want somebody solid at second. Yeah, but you know what? To, to Matt's credit, he has made some really good plays. Well, that uh, quick turn there. Oh, but yeah, really good hands and uh, really good range. I mean, just, yeah, everything you'd want out of a second baseman and your leadoff hitter. 2-0 to Cole Shepard. First two pitches missed low for for Fletcher, and you know, getting that one pitch out is going to help Addison as well. 
and swung on a miss by Shepard. He struck out in both of his previous at-bats against Addison in the second and fourth inning. Let's see if we can give him a sombrero in the dirt low. What do you think that is in the back of uh, his pants there, Sean? Is that like a sliding glove? Because that thing is huge. Is it maybe one of those big mitts that they're wearing? They look like an oven well, mitt? Yeah, I mean... But that is big. That's not a that's I mean, not That's a all the way in his pocket. Yeah. It's sticking out four or five inches. I mean, that, and it's... Now it's not a glove because he's not wearing any gloves. Yeah. Ground ball. Shoot. Well, if he uh, if he gets on, we'll uh, we'll see what that yeah, is. Yeah, that's what I was uh, going to say. I thought maybe that was a ground ball to the third baseman again, and I said, well, we're not going to get to see what it is. That's going to be a full count now. Three and two on Shepard, the eight hitter in the Prairie Fire order, and mm. now we'll get to see as he takes a takes a walk. See if he puts the big oven bed on. <laughs> see what that thing is. He's, he's digging something out. Now at bat for Knox College, the center fielder number eight. Yeah, he is. That's Tato. Mike, could you move there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's one of them big oven mitts. It's kind of the thing, I guess. Yeah. Just uh, two out of four stolen bases. And I shouldn't, year, even, so. I shouldn't even have mentioned anything about Addison not giving up a walk till the second, <laughs> since the second inning. I have done it again. Ooh, quick throw over from Fletcher as he he sees him. Got the oven mitt on. I mean, he doesn't have a doesn't wear it for looks. That's for sure. <laughs> One away runner at first. Scott's lead 10-2, top of the seventh inning. Nine hitter Adam Brown up. Paints that outside corner of the left-handed hitting Brown. Yeah, that was a little off. That was a nice maybe. frame job there. Well, by well either that or Murphy was maybe on the inside corner and had to move a little bit to since I was on the outside corner. Could very well have been too. Yeah, now he's moving out there to the outside corner a little bit. Pitch on the way, runner going nowhere. Up and away, ball one. One and one to count to Brown. Over two, grounded out to, to uh, the third baseman twice. As, uh, Sean Davis has handled him both times. Ground ball here hard enough, might be able to turn two. And misses up and away, two and one now. Brown, one of the uh, Knox seniors from Streeter, Illinois, a couple hours away. I wanna say that's a pretty decent baseball program up there at Streeter, I think. Historically. 2-1 pitch to Brown. On the way. Fouled off right at the that's <laughs> the Scots dugout guys diving out of the way down there. <laughs> Dive out of the way. Jack, the Jack Keithy, he was, uh, he was watching, paying attention, hopped out of the way. <laughs> that evens the count at 2-2. Fletcher back, back in the count with one away, trying to induce a ground ball here. Not going as Shepard. Ground ball just over the head, very slowly hit. Just going to have to get, oh, get some tag. And a little late at first, but... You were just talking about how solid <laughs> Timoner is, and I thought for sure that was going to be just an out at first and let the runner get to second, but a little quick tag by Timoner gets the force. Still keeps that double play in order as we get back uh, to the top of the order here. Evan Laws. Evan Laws, he is 0 for 2, did get hit by a pitch in the third, struck out and grounded out. With uh, scoreboard run out on us. I've got, I've got two away. Uh -oh. still, we still have power, don't we? <laughs> We're still on. I can, at least we can hear each other. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and swung on, popped up. Second baseman Timoner coming over, and we'll make the play. So that's you make all three out there. I think he did. Yeah. yeah. Pop out. 
and the force down and the pop uh, another pop out. So that'll end the inning for the Prairie Fire. No runs, uh, no hits. There were no errors and a runner left on base. That's five runners left on for Knox now out of their four hits in the ballgame. It is 10-2 Monmouth leading Knox here on AM 1330 FM 94.1 WREM. Back here at Glasgow Field, back out for his seventh inning at work is Jacob Ripple. I've got him unofficially, and that's probably pretty darn close at 110. Whoa, man, and there is nobody up in the in the Knox bullpen, so. There has I, been a 105 pitch count for high school for the last four or five years now. I haven't seen anybody go 110 in quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, we're still in the seventh, you know. Yeah. And, and nobody, nobody getting loose down there anyway. No, nope. I mean, well, you got to figure at this point it's he's, it's it's your game, you know. Yeah. You know, until he gets up to about 160, and then we gotta haul his uh, arm off in a in a, a wheelbarrow <laughs> beside him on the way out. <laughs> It'll be the nine-one-two hitters for the Scots here in the bottom of the seventh inning. Two runs will walk this thing off. 10-run rule in the Midwest Conference play after seven, correct? Am I right? I think. I think Maybe. so. I think so. You know, that's gone back and forth where we, you know, used to have that, and then they, they're, you know, I don't know if you just experiment or the, you know, conference commissioners, coaches come up with some stuff, say, well, you know, there's no, now there's no 10-run uh, rule. You yeah, know, maybe they're putting not. that, and now, and then the, that, I, but I think there is. Certainly there, I think at the time, there was, if it was a non-conference game, you had the 10-run rule. But a conference game, you were playing nine innings. Yeah, I mean, you know? there's a little pop out to the shortstop. Track down, nice play over the shoulder. Um, so, ball will pop out. The nine hitter in the Scots order for the first time he hasn't been on base. That'll roll around the top of the order of Matt Timmoner. Nice play there by the shortstop. Yeah. Got a little confirmation on the last play that he might have caught the other one. Yeah, too. we heard from a uh, parent, uh, <laughs> not of a baseball player, but of a trackster who uh, said that uh, that was a catch. But again, it was just a, a, a tough call for the official to make because his back was turned. And hacking at the first pitch is Timmoner down the right field line and a good running catch by the right fielder. Two quick outs here for Ripple. That's going to get him into the eighth at least, <laughs> unless something really bad happens here, I would think. They do have somebody headed down to the bullpen now, but not actually throwing yet. Yeah, you figure they're probably getting stretched for game two. Yeah. Uh, Comater, Comater, Logan Comater digging in. He is one for two. He does have a sacrifice. He was hit by a pitch, singled, and flew out. This is fifth that bat plate appearance today here for the Scouts. Takes the first pitch for a strike. Yeah, I was going to say that catch that uh, Laws made a shortstop, just a freshman. He's, uh, I think he's going to be a nice player for the yeah. Prairie Fire. Six foot 170 out of Rock Falls. Already leading off at the uh, collegiate level. That's, that's a, a good indication of a nice career. Still got to work at it though. And swung on a mess. Big old hack from Tim, or excuse me, Comotter over the top of the Ripple. Fastball, maybe. 0-2, two away, and over the second baseman's head, that's going to fall in. It will not split the outfielders, but ooh, big turn, big aggressive turn by Comotter. <laughs> We're wearing out the uh, right center gap. <laughs> wearing out the outfielders, period, today. <laughs> Two-out single by Comotter brings up the third man in the order, Mike Dato, who's always a potential for uh, 
a, a home run. Just getting on in front of him is, is key for Kobotter as he represents, if it is the 10-run rule, Dato will represent the walk-off winning run. Dato takes first pitch for a strike. What's Dato done today? He has, he's one for, one for four, had an RBI double in the first inning, struck out, fouled out, and flew out. Well, he's due. Yeah, he's missed, uh, he's, he's started in uh, 20 games, appeared in 20 games. So if the Scots played 23, there was three games there. And, and like again, I think there was maybe nursing some kind of an injury there where he was out and good to see him back though. Certainly, you know, if we're gonna make a, a postseason appearance, you know, in a, in a, in a run, uh, conference tournament kind of thing, definitely need him out there. He's one of the uh, fifth year seniors, right? One that came back mm -hmm. for his extra year. Good block by the uh, new catcher in there for the Prairie Fire. There's a ball in the dirt, a little bit off the plate. Opposite batter's box of the right-handed hitting Dado. Going nowhere was Komater. And the Dieselito there now extends about another half a step. Not going, pitch low and away again. 2-1, now you're behind Dado. Now he can really he, take yeah, one Yeah, if, if he gets one on the inner half. Yeah. Yeah, you know he's you know he's looking for it. People out there sitting in left field just south the outfield outfield <laughs> fence gonna have them a souvenir. Two one pitch on the way. Ah, I didn't get it. It's a little high. Found it straight back. Well I will even the count at two two. But two away. Ten two mom at bottom of the seventh here at Glasgow Field. If we see a yellow school bus coming uh, by on the uh, highway there, that's uh, Quincy High School. Oh, okay. My uh classmate and uh, friend Randy Metemeyer as the assistant coach for the Blue Devils. I have ran into Randy through the years playing fast pitch softball. Oh, sure. Uh, down around that area. Yep. Yeah. Played a lot of games down in the Quincy yep. area through the year. Good dude. I like Randy. Yeah, his son is a uh, junior uh, catcher, just like Randy was. Nice. Alright, 2-2 two, two pitch. Oh, runner on the way on a full count and a ball four to Dado. That'll put two runners on with two away here for the cleanup hitter, Sean Davis. And now maybe, uh, maybe a pinch run thing for Dado. He is nursing yep. injury. Probably a good time to get him out since he's on the bases. Pinch running at first base. Will Christian Santano, or Santino? How do you pronounce that, Sean? I don't want to get it wrong. It is Christian Santino. We didn't get the, uh, that's one of the ones we didn't get the pronunciation for. So basically it's but, easy then. Yeah, Santino, yeah. <laughs> He's a 5'9 uh, sophomore from Miami, Florida. Enjoying this beautiful Midwest winter. She got to like that. Yeah. <laughs> so Santino will pinch run for Christian, or for uh, Dado. Christian Santino pinch running for Dado. And there, there's not re-entry, right? So no. Dado's out now. I would imagine you'd see Grant Powers. Oh, okay, yeah. Friend sure. of the uh, friend of the program, yeah. you know. Yeah. Friend of the radio station. Yes. So Sean Davis, cleanup hitter with runners on first and second. A gapper could end this now potentially. Takes ball one. Oh, I called that a strike. Oh, righty. I mean, good correction on my scorecard here. <laughs> Catcher went down to his you know, knees. And outside. To catch that and uh, got a called strike. Oh, Davis is 6'3", so that was yes. a little below his kneecaps. Knee those knees are up there a little bit higher than most people's. Takes the second pitch for a ball. 
I would say kind of in the same area there. Like Ripple, Ripples is uh, at a snail's pace. I mean, it, he's he's just laboring out there. I mean, yeah, give him credit. He's still you know, nobody throwing. Yeah, get it, getting up there on the mound. He's whew. one one pitch, taken outside for a ball. Yeah, I had him one ten coming in. Right, another fifteen here, so he's about one twenty five. 2-1 count, he's behind Davis. Again, if he gets one up, it's out in one of those gaps. I think uh, Dato's, or Centino, there's a little shot down the line foul. That uh, potentially with two away. Yeah, that was, that was a cue shot. Might but potentially score to Centino. I don't know how fast he is. You gotta be some kind of speed to be a pinch runner, right? You would think. So that reduces a while. 2-2, two, two, two away. Two runners on for the Scots. They lead 10-2. Bottom of the seventh inning. Pitch on the way. And ground ball foul. Got a little piece of that one. That was probably in the area where that first strike was called, so he had to take a hack at it. <laughs> yep. Good uh, protection there by Davis. I don't know about you, Sean, but I like it when... Uh guys choke up with two strikes yeah just you don't see it you don't, you don't see it no. very often but well you can't get a good launch angle with, with a choke <laughs> up but sean uh, choking up there about an inch and up the middle to the shortstop he'll throw across the diamond and get the out Ooh, that was really close to first base davis can get, on the back yeah and davis can get down the line for a big guy that's the third out in the inning so the scouts are gonna have to go at least another one no runs on one hit their 13th hit of the ball game only the second time they've been held scoreless. They'll take a 10-2 lead into the bottom, the top of the eighth inning here at Glasgow Field. We'll be back here on WREM. Back here at Glasgow Field. Looks like uh, Addison Fletcher's day is done after seven innings. Good, good seven innings of work from Addison. Coming in for the Scots is Hunter De La Rosa. Sean, he's uh, is he? Hunt I think he's United Township kid. Uh. Well, Moline. Yeah. Moline, Moline. Yep. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Right, right. I think Junior uh, from uh, from Moline just uh, has appeared. On, this just his third appearance. So uh, hasn't been uh, used a lot uh, this year. Just uh, three innings of work. But getting an opportunity here. Uh, maybe close out the game. You you would hope if uh, we're doing the 10-run uh, rule that we were, you know, he'd just have to uh, pitch this inning and be done for the day. Yeah, get at least an inning out of De La Rosa. I thought the, the name sounded familiar. I think I've seen that young man a couple of summers playing uh, against us at Leeds mm -hmm. Ball up in the Moline area. Always a, a really good program up there in Moline. So De La Rosa will, on the mound will close the book on Addison Fletcher. Seven innings, two runs. Both of them were earned uh, with uh, no errors committed by the Scots. So two earned runs, eight strikeouts, and three walks. Pretty good outing. Yeah, good outing. And start. It's what you, yeah, it's what you need when you when you need a win. You don't want to leave any doubt. You don't want to, you know. And so you get your uh, number one out there to give you seven solid innings. Number 16, the second baseman, Chris McTeague. And Christian McTeague will step in here for Knox to lead off the eighth inning. Two, three, four hitters for the Prairie Fire. First pitch from De La Rosa is across for a strike. I just like saying De La Rosa. <laughs> he gets ahead of McTeague. McTeague is one for two. Walked and scored in the first, singled in the fifth. 
Big old slow breaking ball drops for a strike too. Yeah, it was. It's a nice one there. O2 already for De La Rosa. McTeague and another wow. It's caught maybe a slimmer sliver of that inside corner <laughs> for strike three. Maybe not quite the uh, 12 to six that uh, like a guy like Adam Wainwright has yeah. or something, but that's a uh, yeah, that's a big old big old curveball. And that'll bring up Matthew Shover, the number three hitter for the Prairie Fire. He singled in the first and grounded out and flew out. One for three is Shover. First pitch to him is in the dirt. As we mentioned earlier, Shover hitting 300 on the year. You know, there's a, some other guys here, Sean, on the uh, roster that are, you know, hitting 330, 340, 350 that we haven't seen. So maybe they're injured or uh, some other reason, but. Ground ball to the shortstop, high throw, but hey. brought down by the first baseman. And that's a new new first yeah, baseman. Yes. We talked about it. I think that's uh, that's Grant Powers over there, isn't it? Now at bat for Knox College. Yeah, Grant. And a uh, good thing too. Grant's a six-three. Grant from uh, Keller, Texas. <laughs> he needed all six-three of that. Yeah, huh? All that one down. Two outs in the inning. Two quick outs here for De La Rosa in the top of the eighth. Charlie Gibbons, designated hitter, batting cleanup four. Prairie Fire, again a Rova Williamsfield product. Rova, I think, Rova High School with the uh, co-op, Rova Williamsfield. We've already referenced the baseball coach there at Rova Williamsfield, Mr. Arnie Gonzalez. Taken for a ball, had a good career here at Monmouth College. Yes, he did, Hall of Famer. Yeah, you, sh you need to say fellow Hall of Famer <laughs> when you say that. Up, up, drifting foul, third baseman giving chase, and a nice play. Oh, nice play. play. Yeah, right on the, on the warning track there. Wind uh, picked up just a, just a touch. It might have blown that a little bit there. And quick inning for De La Rosa, three up, three down for the Prairie Fire at the top of the eighth. We'll come back with the bottom of the eighth here on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. Back here at Glasgow Field, getting ready for the bottom of the eighth inning. We got a new pitcher, Sean. We do. What we got out there? Well, he's not. Uh, he's not on the. He doesn't have any 20. pitching stats. Yeah. So then, uh, if he if he if it's not on the on the uh, pitching stats, Elijah McPherson, 6'2", freshman from Fultondale, Alabama, but does not have any stats. So thinking maybe this is his. Uh, Opening start. Yeah, there was a there was a couple a couple of uh, just to squeeze them on the page. I left maybe two or three out of the of the stats we brought here to the ballpark of, of guys that had less than an inning or less mm -hmm. an inning or less for sure. So yeah, certainly nothing more than uh, than an inning for the Prairie Fire. We'll see uh, the big boy out there. Yeah, he is. Defensive changes for not Justin Boss, Nate Melvin, and Jake Brewer, your three scheduled hitters here for the Scots in the bottom of the eighth inning. We'll see if Coach Paterni wants to uh, get a guy's, and he's got the lineup card out, maybe get a couple guys from that bats here late in, in game one. I heard uh, our PA announcer, Mr. Believa, mentioned that uh, we also have a new first baseman out there, Chase Teese. First pitch to Boss. Popped up and out of play. Chase is a 5'11 uh, junior from Stewardson, Illinois. 
Stu Strauss. Stu, Stu Strauss. Stu Strauss yep. Well, Stu Strauss action today. Bost is one for four. Dolden scored in the sixth. Struck out and grounded out a couple times. Takes the well, off speed. There's something there. Maybe a change up. Watch him warm up. He had a little, a, at least a little giddy up to back up that nice uh, curveball there. One or 0-2 pitch to Bost. And high and tight. Yeah, grazed him. Got a little piece of Bost there. He'll take first base. Good job of uh, Justin. <laughs> kind of leaning into it there a little bit. Yeah, just enough. Yeah, just enough where you think you're getting out of the I, way, but you really, you're really not. I could never, I could never learn that trait of just getting grazed. I either got drilled or got <laughs> completely out of the way. Couldn't, couldn't master the art of getting grazed. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I just never wanted to get no, hit. You know? No, I mean, I was doing everything I could to get out of the way. <laughs> Unless you go through maybe some of them streaks, you're like, oh, I'm like 0 for 15. Somebody drill me. Somebody please drill me. I forgot what first looks like. Runner at first, leading off. The inning with a hit by pitch is Bost. Taken up high for ball one to Melvin. That evens the count at 1-1 from, from uh, it's, uh, Mc, uh, Elijah McPherson. Yeah, I forgot who we had out there. Taken from all two, a little down in the zone. Yeah, the worst is when you just get hit right in the numbers. You kind of try and turn away from it, and you can't get out of the way, and then you turn, and man, it just hits you right in the middle of the back. And swung on a miss. Uh, maybe you got a little piece, a little foul tick there, maybe, but nonetheless, it is strike two. Two and two now to Nate Melvin. Two for four on the day. My sister got hit in the back in the Little League. She went down like a sack of flour. <laughs> like a sniper <laughs> shot from, from the, the press the, box. The umpire had to put her down on, on his on his old those old style chest protectors. <laughs> had to lay her down on it because she couldn't move. It's got hit square in the back. Man, I would I would have been like eight years old. I'd I'll never forget that. <laughs> Did the old spin oh, around God. and just fall. Yeah. <laughs> two two pitch to Melvin with nobody out and a ground ball to the shortstop. Could be a double play. Got one, kind of a slow turn. Yeah, beating that out was Melvin. Yeah, it wasn't hit very hard, and uh, so tough to turn to anyway. But Laws didn't exactly charge it either, so no real uh, opportunity there to turn to. So that will force Most at second. Melvin reaches on the fielder's choice, and now Jake Brewer. He's had a good day. A couple yeah. of doubles. Redbeard is two for four. Scored in the second inning. Takes ball one, dribbles out in front of the plate there. He can get one up in the uh, jet stream here. With the, the two doubles he's had, he's worn out the uh, right center gap there. But yeah, they've been line drives. If he gets one up, and actually the wind has changed. Look at the flag out there, Sean. It's uh, I mean it's going out to right center now. Oh, yeah, so that's a strong one. The flags, it is straight out, and it is blowing absolutely from left to right. Yeah, it's that's right in his wheelhouse. Fouled out of play for. Brewer, that evens the count at 1-1. With one away here in the bottom of the eighth inning. Second game of our doubleheader on the Prairie Communications Sports Network later this afternoon. Ball down, so 2-1 to Brewer now with one away. We'll have high school baseball from Sunny Lane Field as the Mama Throwsville Titans will take on the Illini West Chargers. 4.30 is the scheduled first pitch. Our pregame show will hit the air at 4.15. I'll be joined by
Scott Weber for that one. And high, and hacked out there. And Any idea uh, how uh, Line I West is this year? Uh, five and two. Five and two. Five and Boy, two on the season. Play, hasn't played too many games. Yeah, uh, the Titans are four and six, so there's a good range from around here. Mm -hmm. well, uh, Mercer County, I know they had some COVID issues. They just played their first game this week. Wow. Like a, a day or two ago, they played their first game. And then there's a few teams like the bigger schools down the line and fair ball over the first base bag. Kind of Third double of the right day. Again. Here comes Brewer pulling in with a stand-up double and going to third will be Melvin. So now the winning run is now at second base in a 10-2 ball game. Went from two doubles on the year to now five. Good day for him. Absolutely it is. Gonna get another pinch runner maybe? Yeah, Thomas Woody there on deck. Yeah, we're going to have a pinch runner. That's going to be Riley Federer, another Rockridge product. Yes, Riley Federer. Talk about one of the better high school quarterbacks I got to watch in the past uh, couple of years. Riley, Riley could play some quarterback. Well, and all, just all around. I mean, played yeah, basketball, I, obviously plays baseball. Had a really, really good high school career. When we, when he decided, I remember when he decided to, to come to Monmouth, I thought, you know what, that's going to be a good... A good, a good student, good right. student athlete. Right. Because, you around. know, especially in the football, everybody knew Riley Fetter. You know, he was just really, really good. So, Seamus Murphy, who is two for four himself. Let's see what uh, Seamus can do. I, we are, of course, not sure if there's a 10 run rule, but if there is, the winning run is at second base. This is a Scots lead 10 2 here in the bottom of the eighth inning. First pitch missed by McPherson, so 1-0. And Murphy just one away. Runners on second and third. Pitch on the way. Ground ball to the third baseman. Runners have to hold and across the diamond, getting the out. So it's up to Jordan Ball here in the bottom of the eighth inning to end it early. Thomas Woody's going to pinch hit for him, uh, Sean. Oh, nice. I, uh, he, Everybody uh, on the radio station knows Thomas Woody. Absolutely, Woody's. they do. He's done uh, many ball games for us here. Yep. He was uh, he was actually going now, to do a Titan baseball game for us on Monday, four, but it, you know, hopefully with one more win here by the Scots out of the last three, he's going to be playing ball on Monday. Yep. Right. Right. Does he, uh, he's done many games for us here on the Prairie Communication Sports Network. See him getting that bad here. Yeah, he has got a uh, bright future for sure. Went to high school in uh, at Glenbrook North. Pretty good average, I think, in his limited at-bats, I think, if I remember correctly. Average. Yeah, he's hitting 333. And there's another hit. That might be the walk-off for Thomas Woody. It is going to be as uh, two runs will come across. Thomas Woody. Attaboy, Thomas. It's, uh, I think that's it. Yeah, that's the walk-off. Yep, win. there it Attaboy, is. Attaboy, Thomas. He brings home, <laughs> brings home uh, the pinch runner, Federer. And also Nate Melvin. So your final score is 12-2. And he gets the he, whether it's a 10-run game or, or a one-run game, you still get the same. Exactly, treatment. exactly. Thomas is coming back saying, this is easy, guys. <laughs> and we didn't get a chance to bring <laughs> up his good stats. He I know. Well, he was hitting 333 on the year. And he, like you said, uh, limited uh, action. But, um, yeah, used a lot as a, as a pinch runner. Has nine uh, runs on the year, uh, but just six at-bats. But, uh, yeah. I tell you what, he couldn't have happened to a nicer kid right there. Absolutely, good for good for uh, Mr. Witty, and I know he's got some family that's probably tuning in for sure too. I'm sure they're pretty happy too if they're not at the ballpark anyway. So your final score is going to be 12-2, Monmouth College.
wins game one of this doubleheader against the Knox College Prairie Fire. So they'll get set for game two a little bit later. We'll have another game this afternoon on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. We'll be at Sunday Lane Field for some high school baseball with a 4.30 first pitch. But we're going to take a little break, maybe total up some stats here, and, uh, and Michael and I are going to break this thing down while they get ready for game two here. We'll be back here on AM 1330, FM 94.1, WRAM. Welcome back into Glasgow Fields. We put a capper on this game one of the opening game of a doubleheader between the Monmouth College Fighting Scots and the Knox College Prairie Fire. The Scots get the 12-2 Mercy Rule eight-inning win over the Prairie Fire. That uh, gets it down to, I think, one game. They needed at least two out of four to assure them of a spot on Monday in the uh, for the division championship and a makeup game against IC. Just, they just need one out of three now. Right, yeah. You, you, you did what you had to do. You certainly don't want it to, to come down to that. Um, but, you know, the, we go through the scenarios, but we probably don't have enough time on air. <laughs> they're, uh, but, they're you know, you are now, I would you, hope. If you get some help, you know, from uh, whoever uh, IC plays, either Cornell or Grinnell, you know, maybe it doesn't even come down to that Monday game. But, yeah, you do do what you had to do. And, you know, you, you get a good uh, outing out of Addison Fletcher, a uh, good strong seven innings from him. And, uh, you know, you, 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 you score the runs. You hit timely hitting. Um, you had, boy, multiple uh, doubles. What do we have? A couple, at least one triple, if not a couple of triples. Yeah, triple. and, yeah just a uh, good good day, good good start, certainly, for the Scots. Two, uh, let's see, there's three doubles, four doubles, five doubles, six doubles, six doubles, a triple <laughs> yeah. for the Scots. So right. Seven extra base hits out of their 15 total. Right, yeah. I mean, that's, and then, you know, no, no home runs, but with the wind blowing out, but those extra base hits were were really well hit balls too i mean sometimes you just get you get lucky because the, the wind carries it out or whatever but uh scots were stroking it well uh here in game one and i gotta tell you i mean uh the knox uh, pitcher ripple i mean heroic effort by him i don't know how many pitches he ended up with but it was quite a few and uh coach isaacson either you know needed to leave him out there or maybe just didn't think that uh you know you had anybody that uh, in the bullpen to come in but uh boy Tough, tough effort for him. I mean, he goes to 0-6 on the year, and but uh, boy, just really uh, threw a lot of pitches. 128 unofficially. Oh gosh. 128 unofficially for uh, for I mean, a Jacob. That's Ripple. like what you see on a video game. Yeah, right. Exactly. Even even on uh, even on the show, I'm getting somebody up at about 90. <laughs> right. <So. laughs> yeah. Uh, 100 pitches for for Addison Fletcher in his seven innings of work. Uh, gave up uh, four hits, had eight strikeouts, and, and three walks. Yeah, in pretty good at the first couple yeah. innings. First couple innings, yeah, I think. Well, you maybe you could say he labored a little bit, but yeah, I mean, uh, after that, settled in, uh, got some run support behind him. Scott uh, scored in what the first uh, four innings, maybe, and so gave him some cushion. And then he just, uh, we mentioned it a couple times, just pounded the strike zone. Really had his curveball working uh, as well. Uh, threw some nice change-ups uh, and kept the Knox hitters off balance. So, yeah, really good outing uh, from him. I'm sure if you ask Coach Paterni, it's exactly what you needed. For the Scots, everybody that batted today got a hit. Wow. All the starters got one, and then Thomas Woody got one there uh, towards the end. I can't remember if there was another pinch hitter in there or not, but every one of the starters got a hit for, for the Scots today. Fifteen total hits. What do we say? Seven extra bases, and uh, Thomas Woody gets the walk-off uh, two-run single for uh, for the uh, 10-run victory. Uh, going through the stats, Matt Timminer one for three. Logan Komater, two for four. One for four for Mike Dato. One for four for Sean Davis. One for three for Justin Boss. Nate Melvin, two for four. 
Three for five for Jake Brewer, all three doubles, and, uh, and uh, well, he got a pinch runner there in the, in the eighth inning, so he scored one of those times that he got on, but what a day for him. Yeah, exactly, and you know, we'll have to uh, look, if, for those of you listening, if you're uh, on Twitter, go to the uh, Monmouth College Game Day uh, Twitter feed Great and, uh, you know, and, and see if, they, if uh, maybe there was a record set today, a triples record uh, maybe set today. Yeah, Nathan Believer, the Sports Information Director at Monmouth College, who you can hear every Monday morning on WRM on the morning show at 8.15, giving us Scott's sports recap, uh, has done a fantastic job with that game day Twitter account. Yeah, yes, it's really it's really nice way to keep in. Uh, uh, oh, hey, speaking of the devil, there he is. <laughs> there he There's is, your, right on top of it. There's your uh, stats for the day. But, uh, yeah, d great job of keeping um, everybody informed of what's going on with Monmouth Athletics. Two for four so for Seamus Murphy, and Jordan Ball was one for three. Of course, Thomas Woody, one for one to uh, get his average probably up near 400 for the uh, for the season here. Yeah, that puts Addy at uh, five and zero. Oh, by the way, yeah, uh, didn't really mention too much about it, but uh, but just really having a good year, solidified, you know, kind of his uh, his spot there as the number one number one pitcher for us. Uh, what was uh, what was Addy's ERA coming in? Because I'm sure it, it went down over today. four uh, overall. I think it was four point one maybe. Um, so you know. Again, he's not. Uh, it's not like he's, uh, you know, just uh, eye-popping stats. But again, he's just competitive, and when he, uh, you know, has a chance to win, he certainly doesn't gives his team a chance to win because he uh, doesn't uh, really give up a, l a lot of big innings. Yeah, with with the uh, Scots with, with the Scots offense, with the runs they can put up, it just uh, it's kind of like a quarterback that you just tell go out there, just don't don't lose the ball game, don't turn the ball over. <laughs> right, we'll be fine. Let the defense take care of it. Exactly. It's the opposite in, in baseball. Let the offense take care of it. Yeah, it, uh, he's. A, he, I think he does just he, what he's what he's at. What's asked of him, uh, and I think uh, Coach Paternity mentioned it uh, on your interview with him. He's always looking to get better. So this is definitely for his really first full year of of college competition. Uh, he's made the most of it for sure. And a local kid, Monmouth Roseville product. Speaking of Monmouth Roseville, we'll have some Titan baseball later this afternoon, right here on WRM. I'll be sliding across town, literally all the way across town, out to Sunny Lane Field. <laughs> As the Monmouth Roseville Titans host the Illini West Chargers for a non-conference matchup. 4.30 is the scheduled first pitch. We'll start tuning in around 4.15, pregame show. I got a chance to talk to head coach Jim Cole earlier uh, today, so we'll have that on the pregame show and get a chance to hear from Coach Cole. Uh, that's going to do it from Glasgow Field. Your final score, the Monmouth College Fighting Scots 12. The Knox College Prairie Fire 2 as they get set for game two here. Still got time to come out and uh, check out some baseball here. Absolutely, yeah. The, uh, it's a perfect day for it. The uh, Legion parking lot is filled up. I do think, I know there's at least one Knox fan out there. I saw as I, as I pulled in, uh, had a uh, purple shirt on. So I doubt there's many of them up there, but there's uh, at least a few. But, uh, Hopefully yeah, he's okay. And... Yeah, great day to be at the ballpark <laughs> uh, for sure. And uh, that's probably uh, where I'm headed because I don't think uh, I can stay right where I'm at for game two. This is maybe the best seat in the house, but uh, I'm going to certainly be uh, there out in the outfield for game two. All right, and we will keep you folks updated on how the second game goes here during our Monmouth Roseville broadcast today, so uh, we'll make sure fans are aware of how the Scots are doing because I think a win, a win this afternoon in Game Two automatically puts them into the Monday game. I think they might have to play the Monday game anyway now with one win, but for sure if they win the second one. Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. It's always a pleasure to uh, share the microphone with you. Yeah, definitely had fun. Appreciate the uh, the ask, and uh, maybe if 
we maybe get into a playoff or something, you know, if we host. I don't know. I'm not sure what that scenario is, but if we're able to, uh, to get on the air again, I'd love to do it. Yeah, I know it's one of those weird years where normally they take the top two out of each division. This year they're just taking division winners right. and they'll play the best two of three next week. And it's at the North It's at the North uh, North Division. Okay. Post, so it'll be either Beloit or the University of Chicago. Gotcha. So okay. We'll, uh, we'll keep you updated on that and the sports reports throughout, uh, throughout the week uh, next week. All right, that's going to do it, folks. For Kelsey Crane and also Mike Weaver, who produced today's broadcast, I'm Sean Temple, alongside the Hall of Famer Michael Blazing. We'll be back on the air this afternoon at 415 with some more baseball here on the Prairie Communications Sports Network. Final score, Monmouth College 12, Knox College 2.